0: chat with me. Come
1: on
2: Hey everyone, welcome to our third episode of the Green Tea Room with your girl, Lovely Tea. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. So there's a lot to talk about and as you guys know, the topic at hand is pretty privilege. Does it exist? And the reason why I'm talking about this is if you guys do not know, for the past two days, rapper Sweetie has been trending because a lot of folks have been going in on her. She performed recently at the I Radio Jingle Bell Fest. And basically, her performance was lackluster. People are calling it trash. Folks are dragging her on the internet. She was out of breath. There was really no choreography. When I tell you the DJ was more hyped and put in more work than Sweetie... Somebody needs to give that DJ a raise Because she was really putting in work And really hyping up the crowd Sweetie was just She just looked a mess She was just out of breath She didn't take the choreography seriously It might be from the whole McDonald's meal situation Maybe she's eating too much McDonald's But the way she was moving on that stage Just did not look right And then of course when all else fails What do you do? You just turn around and sell sex So she ends up getting down on all four She clicks her kitten heels together And she starts twerking So at this point, people were like, you know what? I can't defend this. This is ridiculous. And social media have been basically going in on her and stating that the only reason why Sweetie is getting as far as she's gotten is solely due to pretty privilege. And she's talked about this in the past where she said things like, you know, pretty privilege has been a disadvantage to her. It hasn't helped her out as much. And I just don't believe that. I feel like. She gets chance after chance when it comes to her performances and her freestyles and things like that. She gets chances that the average female rapper does not get, and I feel like she gets those chances based upon her looks. If that was Lizzo up there with that flute out of breath, dancing like she can't keep up, folks would be dragging her, folks would be talking about her weight and things like that. So, for You know, sweetie to be half her size and to not keep up with the performance, that left the bad taste in everybody's mouth. Now, another thing that's causing a lot of controversy as well when it comes to, you know, pretty privilege is Lori Harvey. So if you guys do not know, recently Lori Harvey was casted as one of the judges for the 70th um, anniversary of the Miss Universe pageant. So all of the other judges that were there... A lot of them have long resumes. Some were lawyers. A lot of them have put in a lot of work in their field to be able to judge. And some of people were confused as to why Lori Harvey was there, besides the fact that she's Steve Harvey's stepdaughter. A lot of people felt like she shouldn't have been up there to judge anything. Because even the announcer, the only thing that the announcer could say is that she's an entrepreneur, a model, and she has a skincare line. But then when they read everybody else's accolades, it was so long. So a lot of people felt like the only reason why she's where she's at is because of Steve Harvey and her good looks. So today we're going to have a discussion. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what are your thoughts. I'm pretty privileged. So let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, Marinel. Marinel, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me clearly? Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, okay, perfect. So... I wanted you to go ahead and chime in on everything as far as what you saw and how you feel about the situation with Sweetie and uh, Lori Harvey.
3: Yeah, the conversation with C and I started um, two days ago or yesterday night. I messaged C and I was like, "Look, I know nobody can understand me better than you regarding that topic." And I'm a pageant girl. Like, I love pageant. I participate in pageant. I want pageant. Like, I love pageant. So I watch pageant. So when I was watching. Miss Universe and they like judge number one and then they list everything she accomplished. Judge number two, she was Miss Universe 2015, and she has this foundation, Judge number three, and then they read Judge Number Four. And I heard Lori Harvey, she is a supermodel and she has a skincare line. Yay! I'm like, what the hell? And I was so disappointed. And I was telling you about that. I'm like, to win, um to, to judge a Miss Universe you need certain you need a certain background you need to know what you're doing because you're judging a tons of women based on their poise their education their elegance and what has she do to be sitting here judging this woman on whether what they're saying sound intelligent or not when we basically never heard her speak to know if she's intelligent or not and it's not even to knock what she's, who she is as a person because she was able to take that Steve Harvey name and to make a brand for herself. And everybody would love to be able to come from a family. that. Like, I'm sorry, if I come from a Jeff Bezos, I'll never work a day in my life. I'm just going to take the Bezos name and I'm just going to drag it and be a millionaire on my own. So it's not even to knock what she's done, but it's still sad as someone who have like, and I know I'm not the only one who feel that way, who have the potential, who have the talent, um, whatever talent it can be in whatever industry, and you cannot make it because one, you don't know the people that they know that were able to carry them where they are now, or two, you don't have the opportunity to benefit from pretty privilege. And that is very sad. And I think it's, yes, it happened in the celebrity world a lot, but it also happened in every city, every every everywhere in the world like everybody has a story where they were they did not have that job because the person who has it knows pookie um knows cuckoo inside the, biz- the, um, the business or because she's not that pretty and the other person is more pretty to look at so she has a job other than you when you have more experience and more talent than that person
2: does that make sense yeah and i personally i've been through this when i worked in corporate america I'll never forget. And this is why sometimes I tell people if you want to expand and move on, sometimes you don't want to be the best in your position because it can, you know, it can almost hinder you. And I remember at one point I was doing collections and I had been doing collections for like two years and I was one of the top collectors. If I called your house, oh, you're going to pay these bills, okay? You are going to pay your car note when you get off the phone with me. So I was really good at my job, but after a while, you know, you wanna move on, you know, that's that wasn't my dream job. And so there was a position open to do like repossessions and work with like loss prevention and things like that. And it was between me and this really pretty girl. Like she was like, you know, face wise, she was gorgeous. Her makeup was always on point, hair was always done, but her stats were nowhere near mine. She barely hit goal you know, mediocre, really nice girl, but when it came to working, her work ethic was not where mine was. And I remember we went for the interview and everybody was like, T, you got this, you know, you put in work, you've been here, you know, you're always winning awards, this and that. And I lost the position. And I remember just being devastated. And then I remember people were telling me like, you know, you only lost it because she's prettier or cause you know, she's kind of like light, you know what I'm saying, racially ambiguous. And so I remember that was like the talk of the office that this mediocre, not say mediocre in looks, but, you know, mediocre as far as worth ethic, got the higher paying position and I got stuck in my position. And that was the first time it kind of, you know, was kind of seen to me in the corporate world that, yes, looks can get you in certain places, even when you're mediocre at your job, you know, and yeah, you could even attribute it to some colorism as well. But I remember I felt like just really defeat I was kind of upset, you know, because she did, like everybody said that, you know, even my manager was like, she definitely did not deserve the position over you. But what do you do? You still got to pay your bills and still come to work and have a smile on your face. But yeah, pretty privilege is definitely real. And to even go deeper, we got to understand that we have been conditioned, okay, to look at looks. From the time that we're children, we are, we are conditioned to look at people based on how they look even before we look at how they treat other people. Think about Disney. Most of the Disney princess characters are beautiful. From Ariel to T- uh, Tiana to uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. These are all beautiful characters. Now think about all of the protagonists. Think about all of the evil villains. They're ugly, they have hooked noses, they have you know, uh, moles on their face. You know, they're, they're not attractive. They're usually witches and, and evil characters. So ugliness and being less attractive is attached to being evil, being bad, you know, being jealous. So we've been conditioned from the time that we were children that in order to be pretty, your life will be better. Prince Charming will come and look for you if you're beautiful. If you look like the evil stepdaughters, nobody's checking for you. Remember in Cinderella? So that is the real, that is, you know, real. It's programming. And we can even take that to coming to America. Who remembers coming to America? Remember as children, Patrice, the darker skinned sister, was seen as less attractive. No, you know, they were willing to smash her, but nobody was willing to marry her and treat her like a princess. Everything was about Lisa McDowell, the beautiful older sister, you know. So even in that dynamic, we were being conditioned, you know, so it definitely goes deep. So what have you been through? Like, have you experienced pretty privilege? Like, have you been on one end of the spectrum or another, Marino? I
3: have one spectrum. Um, It was like I said, I've done many pageant contests and I've done one one time. And I kid you not, I've had like many experience in pageantry. Like I've done it. I've won it. And when we were doing the interviews, I'm not trying to give like to pat myself on the back and to try and sound smarter. I everybody said to me that my answer was better. Everybody said to me that my answer was better. What I was saying sounded more smart and also was related to what um, the patent was about, but I didn't even made it to the top five because everybody in the top five was one, a different color, like skin color, and two, they were quote unquote, according to me, more pretty than me. And I said according to me because some uh, like beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. For some people, this person is prettier and that person is not and et cetera, et cetera. We all have a guy that we look at and we say, oh my God, he looks like, I don't know. Idris Elba and somebody is looking at you like, girl, are you serious? It looks like Um So beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. But to me, they were more prettier than me. They had longer hair, straight hair when I have kinky hair. They have the body type that I don't have. Like I always said to people, I'm checking up the letter P. I have huge boobs and no ass. So they were like more pretty than me. So they were able to make it more further because they can sell those girls more than they can sell me in the long run so I do believe that at that time it was kind of linked to pretty privilege according to me because they couldn't do with me what they could um achieve with them when it comes to the pageant work can I say one thing regarding what you said earlier in the yeah. Disney cartoons also I don't know if we can link this to a little bit of colorism because I don't know if you notice every time it was related to like the evil character there were always a different shade of like like a different color than the person that who's the best person that they should go after etc for example i forgot this cartoon the this name of the cartoon but the girl who gave her voice to the evil witch mm-hmm. so that she can like walk and be with the prince the little mermaid there you go and um, the little mermaid the evil girl was a different skin color like there are so many cartoons that when it comes to the evil person not only they are uglier but they're also a different shade of color, which is like more dark than the other person
2: who's supposed to be prettier. I don't know yeah. if you use that as well. Yeah, I mean, look at Ursula. She was big and purple. <laughs> big and purple. Right. So yeah, they definitely do that. They they definitely, you know, ingrain this in this in us from the time that we're children. So I'm going to go ahead and start bringing on some other calls. Please make sure that your microphone, Um, I'm going to bring you on the stage, just mute your microphone until I say your name. So I'm gonna start bringing a few people on here. I want to hear from everybody. I want to know your thoughts on what you guys think about um, Sweetie's performance. What you guys think about Lori Harvey? And if you yourself have gone through pretty privilege, are you the pretty one and people assume certain things about you, or are you, you know, con- you know, less attractive? And that's okay. But I just hate how society tries to act like, oh, it's all about what's in the heart that matters and, oh, everybody's beautiful. No, not really. You know, because if that's the case, every there wouldn't be a beauty algorithm on TikTok. Let's keep that real. There's a beauty algorithm that scores people by uh, a AI, you know, on the level of their beauty and that pushes them through the algorithm. And if you're less attractive or if you have a scar, if you look a certain way that the beauty algorithm doesn't deem as attractive, then you don't, you know, your videos get buried.
4: TikTok does have an algorithm to evaluate how pretty you are. If you spend enough time on the Chinese deep web, you can find ByteDance documentation like this. Google Translate tells us that they are looking at the beauty of the hottest, ugliest, and average person in your video. The algorithm looks at 86 key points on your face to determine your beauty. The authors have a GitHub, which I cloned, and then I had to fix a bunch of issues, but I eventually got it working. The algorithm says I'm a three.
2: So let, let's keep that real. I want to hear real discussions from people. So let me go ahead and let's start with um, Ashley Chanel. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
5: Hey. Hi, how are
2: you? <laughs> I'm good.
6: So I live in Los Angeles, California, and I definitely believe in pretty privilege because when I first moved here, um, being like an influencer, I lived with a... Um, roommate that was my best friend and also an influencer and she had um other privileges let's just say she was of of another race but um as far as like the show we were both on she was always considered like prettier more popular and things of that nature and um it wasn't and it didn't really affect me until because she's a friend. I'm not looking at her in an envious way or anything, but it was it, it didn't really affect me until I realized that, like, even my own culture, like people of my own culture, black men um, would receive her differently in comparison to me. And so when it came to like invitations, things as far as like access went. She would get all of these things before me. And I would just be like, wait, how come like I was there? How come I didn't get that or how come? And so it's just it was like always just so weird to me. And then I had to have like a conversation about it with my best friends. And I was like, you know, it could be white privilege, but I don't think it's that. Um and then we started talking about pretty privilege so this is like a really interesting conversation because it really happens a lot in los angeles california like it happens so Mm -hmm. much and especially with pageants of course because i kind of feel like that's the concept of pageants but like in the real world in like work politics um it happens all the time and i feel like it sucks for the people that like work very hard or are very smart um, and, you know, we just get overlooked because we don't have the looks that people want us to have, or we just don't have the complexion or things of that nature that America brands is beautiful. So it does suck, but, and I think it affects everyone, but I just feel like the more your confidence outweighs, like, how people view pretty, the more, um, You know, people will just be people will be adamant about like falling in love with your spirit, your personality, your confidence and things of that nature outside of just your beauty.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. And being someone who also lived in L.A. before, L.A. can definitely take a toll on your self-esteem. Especially when you're coming from like a smaller city or like the Midwest where it's kind of like everybody, you know, yeah, there's pretty girls in Minneapolis and in the Midwest, of course. But for the most part, it's just average people. You'll have people of different sizes and heights. But when you go to L.A., it's like everybody is gorgeous. Everybody is tall, you know, and especially when you're talking about doing things in the industry. And it it got to the point where I didn't even feel comfortable even running to the store or going to like Walmart to go shopping without being made sure that I was dressed up, hair was done, I looked presentable because you never knew who you might run into.
6: Exactly. You know,
2: so yeah, it it definitely does take a toll. And I think too, you know, a lot of women who do benefit from pretty privilege in LA, they work it. They do not care. They're going to take it to their benefit and run with it.
6: Absolutely. All the time. I definitely believe that. And working in casting, it does not help because it's always like you see how casting works when you work in it. And it's the pretty girls first. And then they're like all these um girls that are less attracted than them. Like they'll go through the rounds of the casting. But as soon as there's a prettier girl that might not even be as smart or have as much character and personality, they pick her. It's just yeah. that's just how it works.
2: Yeah. And we're seeing that more and more, even with these social media apps like TikTok. I mean, I've even seen TikTokers say like, I literally have a lot of followers and a lot of views on my videos for no other reason than the fact that I'm pretty. I can't dance. I can't sing. People literally come on here to look at my face Mm -hmm. and they're not lying because they can literally post a picture, you know, winking. And they get thousands of views and they're pushed through the algorithm. Meanwhile, some random girl is dancing her ass off, very talented, and she has two hundred views. Exactly. It is. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate no it. No problem. Thanks for having. Definitely. You guys make sure to give her diamonds. Um, just double tap on anybody's picture if you agree and like what they're saying. So let me go ahead. Um, Brittany Duncan, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
7: Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Great, thank you. Um, so I definitely agree with the last caller. I do believe that pretty privilege exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the Caribbean, Saint Lucia to be exact, and I can remember being younger and having uh, this friend. She was kind of a coolie, so like you know, like an Indian uh, <laughs> mixed race
2: type
7: of girl yeah exactly
2: exactly
7: and a lot oh i'm sorry i'm hearing somebody else everybody please mute your background okay there you go All right. Great. Um, and I can just remember how she was treated so much differently for me. It would be like, Oh, Brittany, you're ugly. But like, you know, Serena, she's gorgeous. She's this, she's that the treatment that she would get from, you know, from males, from just anybody in general. Um, and then it wasn't until I moved to this country. And one of the first jobs that I took was at a, for the weirdest thing was a tanning salon. And, um, There were other black girls who worked there with me, but um, there was this one particular girl. She was a lot darker than I was. And there was one time this lady came in and she, you know, we're like explaining the spray tans to her. We're like, you know, this shade is like this, that shade is like that. She looks directly at my coworker who's darker skin and says, "Oh, okay, yeah, so long as I don't look that dark, like we would just get ostracized and, you know, treated so differently. And I know that was like more, a race thing in that circumstance but like compared to our other coworkers who were you know more fair-skinned their reviews would be completely different from ours it would be like oh this darker-skinned girl she made me 10 times darker than I wanted to be but our lighter-skinned counterparts they barely ever had any bad reviews it was the strangest thing and we could see that our tans weren't you know any worse than our lighter counterparts but they would still get better reviews than us constantly always having to speak to management because we're always having bad reviews and again i don't know if it was because we were black girls working at a predominantly white tanning salon but again it was just weird how our lighter counterparts who were more fair-skinned or prettier you know they didn't have the same issues that we did
2: hmm that's very interesting
7: yeah. And and to make to make another point, that tanning salon was LA based and they moved out to New York. So I don't know if it was something about that culture or or whatever, but it was extremely stressful to the point where me and my uh darker skin coworker, we were like, Yeah, we, we're not even gonna continue working here. This is absolutely ridiculous.
2: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for sharing that story with us. I really appreciate it.
7: No, thank you. I hope
2: you have a great night. You too, thanks. Kia Alexander, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi, T. Hi, how are you? I'm well. I'm Unique Mystery
1: from the Discord. I'm new to the Discord. Hi. Um, I just want to say I love you so much. I listen to you all the time.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. Love um, you too. So what do you think about the topic at hand?
1: So I'm more commenting on the sweetie thing.
8: Mm-hmm.
1: I think she's been groomed to be this way to think pretty is everything. Um if you guys remember her mom was a video vixen. She was in Nelly videos, DMX mm-hmm. videos. She's been groomed as a little girl to think I'm pretty that equates to being better. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, also another thing with her um that I think she uses pretty privilege. Um when for example I know Ebro, he has his <laughs> problems <laughs> but when he criticized her freestyle and um he basically was just like you know it was okay like you know pretty much saying what everyone's saying now like yo you could have enunciated better your breath control like you know basically telling right. her what she could have did better and now she has ptsd from it it's like girl come on like
2: Yeah, she definitely plays victim (laughs) when it's convenient. It's like if you hold her accountable, then it's, oh, they're only doing that because I'm pretty. And, you know, it's jealousy. It's hate. And it's like, no, ma'am, you just really you can't rap, you know. And it's like they've really packaged her perfectly. They give her good songs. She gets good collaborations like the song with Doja Cat. You know, she gets a lot of things handed to her that I've seen people in the industry who have worked hard you know I'm saying to get to even to even get a fraction of what she gets and you know as soon as there's any backlash it's because people are jealous
1: yeah which is to me utterly ridiculous you know I I want to say even to take it a little deeper I wonder if her ego got bruised when little baby kind of shut that whole thing down with her you know Because she is a pretty girl in the industry and he didn't claim her. It wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, we were just hanging out. He like pretty much shut that down. He didn't acknowledge it at all. And you know, being a pretty girl who thinks that that's everything, I mean, that's the impression I get from her, but being a pretty girl and thinking that her looks mean everything, I wonder if that bruised her ego a little bit.
2: I mean, it could have. You know, he is one of the biggest rappers out there. And sometimes, too, you know, if you are very pretty, you think you can have any man, you know, and for this man to like not claim her. Yeah, I could have, you know, you never know.
9: Mhm. But
2: T, that was all I wanted. I'm cooking chicken wings right now. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I had to step in the basement. My husband's taking over. <laughs>
2: OK, well, thank you so much for calling in. <laughs> no problem. I'm going to continue to listen. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Uh, let's see here. Mary M L go ahead and unmute your microphone.
10: Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I did want to speak about the whole pretty privilege thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know it's a, like, it is true. Like there is pretty privilege. And I think like the first time that it hit me is when I was a kid um, so my cousin and I are both biracial, like Caribbean and North African, Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, both our mothers are North African, Middle Eastern, and my aunt would. There was always like a Miriam's so pretty,
2: cause I'm
10: so pretty. <laughs> and they would. Talk Your about- phone's going in and out. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Nice, but- so yeah, they would talk about like Miriam. So can you hear me properly now? Yeah, you're good now. Yeah, they would be like, Miriam's so pretty, Miriam's so pretty. And I remember being in the car or we'd be like driving somewhere and my aunt would always be like, I know, like, I'm just going to call my cousin F. She's not so, like, she's not the pretty girl. I know she's not like that pretty. And she would always say like words like that. But she's like, but in my eyes, she's the most beautiful. And like, I remember being a girl in the car and just thinking, like, I would feel so awkward about it. Mm -hmm. That till this day, if like, I'm not going to lie, like I know where I stand and like, but till this day, if someone calls me pretty, I just feel so like shy about it because I never liked the fact that I was compared to my cousin Mm -hmm. at such a young age. And I think like, yeah, there is a pretty privilege, but like, I think it also like kind of can also backfire sometimes on people who are like attractive because Because then you get all this attention and you doesn't, and it comes off in a way and you see people giving you not like the best, like you get a good attention, but then you get negative attention from it. Mm-hmm. And then you get like this thing where you don't, you can't fully accept it. And like, you don't, you try to minimize it or you try not to like, like I know people who are very attractive and dress horribly because they want to like be less attractive because they couldn't deal with it. And So, like, yeah, there is pretty privilege, but I think there's also, like, a two-sided coin to it, where, like, we talk about, yeah, like, because someone is pretty, it's true, they will probably get, it is statistically proven that if you're prettier, you get, you get, like, more things in life. Yeah, your
2: opportunities,
10: right? Yeah, you get better opportunities in life. That is like a statistically proven thing. But I also think that like there is a flip side of the coin where sometimes people are pretty and they also can't handle it, can't deal with it. It's too much for them. And they don't like the fact that most people think it's just because they're pretty because they probably put hard work into it. And then mm-hmm. they try to lessen themselves for that. I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to like, I was just trying to give also another perspective on it
2: no, there's yeah. definitely two sides to the coin, because I know people who are pretty as well. And, you know, let's say they went to college and they got a four year degree. They really busted their ass. And then for somebody to say, well, you're only in this position because you're pretty. That can be a slap in the face, too.
10: Yeah. And it's and also it's just like when you put that on children at a young age, it's like a hard thing. Like, I don't know. For me, it wasn't like something that, that I, I'm still having a hard day hearing someone call me pretty or beautiful, or I have a hard time with it. Like I cringe every time someone does it Mhm. because my cousin was my best friend and it was just like, you could see how that hurt her. So like you're hearing someone say something that's supposed to make you feel good, but at the same time, it's hurting your best friend right next to you and your kids and you see it, right?
11: hmm
10: I'm just saying. That's all I want to say. I just want to give the other perspective.
2: Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for calling in,
8: sis. No problem. Bye. Bye.
2: See, can you hear me?
8: Yes.
3: Before you take the next person, can I bring in a comment and then have your opinion on it?
8: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Somebody said in the comment she felt like the pretty privileged topic is kind of rooted in hate and jealousy. Because if we were this other person, we would have done the same as
2: well. What do you think about that? You know what, I don't think there's anything wrong with that comment because I think when people talk about certain things, it also depends on the angle because you do have some people who are jealous. You do have people who feel a way about certain people's looks. And when you think about it, it's only pretty that people get very offended by. Because think about this, somebody who's pretty, they simply won the genetic lottery. That's it, that's all. They won the genetic lottery. They have an asymmetrical face, nice teeth, clear skin. It's not like they did anything for it. But nobody ever knocks a guy who ends up being six foot eight. He also won the genetic lottery. But no one would knock him for saying, hey, I'm tall. I'm tall. I'm going to the NBA. We encourage it and, you know, put him in sports. He's so tall. But when it's beauty, it makes people uncomfortable. So I can I can understand that argument because you have some people who wanna scream everything is pretty privileged because they're not conventionally attractive, right? So you do have that flip coin or you have people who will shun somebody or not get to know them or automatically say that person is stuck up or they think they're all that just because they're pretty when low key, that's your insecurity. So that's where as women, we have to check and understand, well, where is this coming from? Do I really feel like it's pretty privileged or is there a jealousy there? So it definitely goes with both sides of the coin. You know what I'm saying? And I don't for a minute think that if somebody's able to benefit off of something, that they're going to turn it down. You know, I think a lot of people like to benefit off of certain things. That's human nature. You know, just like if you're naturally tall. Are you not going to try and get into something like modeling or sports, you know, something where you can use your athletic ability to benefit you, to benefit, you know, your family? Most likely you will. Just like if you're really, really smart, are you not going to get into like a program like IT, you know what I'm saying, or develop apps so that way you can make money and hustle? So I don't think there's anything wrong with it, just like girls who are pretty or have nice bodies taking advantage of the fact like, well, hey, let me be an influencer. Let me start a a IG page, let me start an OnlyFans. So I think there's many nuances to it, but I don't think they're wrong for saying that because yeah, you do have some people who are upset and who are jealous, but you know, that's why I said we wanna have this discussion. I wanna hear from everybody because there's many different fractions for this. But I do notice that the pretty conversation Tends to cause more controversy when, at the end of the day, somebody being physically beautiful is nothing more than a genetic lottery.
3: Now, if I can add one of the thing regarding the nuance that you said, I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes it's not even about us because I do get when they say, "Oh, you're jealous or you're hateful," and I think it's just more us being envious of the opportunity that them their looks had brought them because sometimes I look at other people and it's not even like I want to look like them it's not even like I want to have their future I want to be them it's not even that I want to be there That's just like the opportunity that they have is an opportunity I could only dream of and unfortunately mm-hmm. they had it before because of their looks. so sometimes it's not even about I want to have her hair I want to have her body part I want to have her eyes or something. It's not even that. You're comfortable in your skin. You love yourself. You love looking at yourself in the mirror. But unfortunately, it's the opportunity that it brought them that you would love to have that you cannot have because of your looks. And I think that is the, one of the nuances that I want to bring regarding jealousy and regarding hate. It's not even that you hate that person. It's not that you're jealous of that person. You just envy the opportunity that they were able to have Without
2: really working
3: hard for it, when you have the talent and you have this and you have that.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, even now, there's a new article that came out yesterday that Sweetie is going to be teaching a class at USC for oh, like teaching oh, people yeah. marketing and development and stuff. And even with that, people are complaining and saying, "Well, hey, what about the Joe Schmo who went to college and got into debt?" To learn about all of this stuff. Why are you not giving them that opportunity to teach this class? Why are you giving it to a celebrity who has a McDonald's deal and a makeup line and this, this and that? So even that's causing controversy as well. So I definitely get what you're saying about the opportunities, because if I went to school to be a branding marketer and to, you know, pay for all this education, I would love to teach a class you know, so then for somebody who didn't necessarily go to school for that, but because they know how to brand themselves, they have a good marketing team. Now they're getting paid X amount of dollars per year to teach this class. So yeah, I can see where that opportunity may have been taken away from somebody else. Some people
3: are saying in the comment, yeah, but Saree does have a degree and da, da, da. And you remember we talked about that yesterday. She does have a degree in marketing. Whatever she's going to teach at the school, she does have a degree for it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, she never worked in that field for a second. There are people who has that degree and who went into debt to have that degree and who's been working in that field for years and who's probably smarter than Swede, but they don't have that opportunity. When Swede, yes, she has that degree, but she never worked for a minute in that field because she went in the music industry. When there is other people who not only they have that degree, they've been working for ten to fifteen to twenty years and they have more experience than her. Therefore, the students are going to learn more from 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 that specific person than sweetie, who's just going to be there and just say stuff that she learned from the books. And that's where myself, I was like, okay, she doesn't deserve that opportunity for that reason. But does she has a degree? Yes, she does. She has a degree in that field, and we will never knock her from from for having that degree. But
2: hey. Okay, well, that's an interesting perspective. All right, so let's go ahead and bring some more people on. Daisy, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
12: Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> T, I'm saying hi from Panama. I want to say that I um, learned to talk uh, to speak English watching your videos. What?
2: what? <laughs> yes. <you> English. <laughs> oh my. Oh gosh, yes, thank you! Yes, I would have yes, never yes.
12: guessed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to say, uh, I want to share my experience because, like Sweetie, I will say that my family groomed me in the pre- pretty thing when I was small, okay? Mm-hmm. So they put so much emphasis in, a, oh, when I was a small girl, oh, you are so pretty, your hair is so long, you are so pretty, this and that. And then I moved to a city. There is mostly white Latinos. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this was when I was like 12 and I was the only black girl in the classroom. And oh my God, I got bullied the whole high school because they thought that I was so ugly. Mm. So it was a shock for me. You know, they were making fun of my hair. They were making fun of my lips which is uh, funny because today many of the girls they injected their lips Mm -hmm. you know and yeah it was so bad that i from the stress i lost my long hair that i had and it was just like a really really crazy uh, change for me so i'm not saying that this is my uh, family's fault but maybe if when i was uh, younger they didn't put so much uh, emphasis on me being pretty, I wouldn't, this would not be such a, such a shock for me, you know, when mm. I moved to the city. And then for these other people, I wasn't the pretty girl because back then the thing was to be like blonde or to be like really like white, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm more of a, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black girl from Latin America, Afro-Latina. Mm-hmm. So this was not it. I had like a booty also, this was not nice. So I got make fun a lot. And then Mm. now where I live now, I live in Panama, uh, in Central America, Panama City. And here is very like multicultural. So here I benefited from the ready privilege again. (laughs) I I know Mm -hmm. I got in, in my job, I'm a flight attendant because... Uh, of my looks. So I think this is uh, very uh, sick in society. And mm-hmm. I still have like trauma. I'm not like really confident on myself, even though so many people say like, oh, are you are so pretty because I, I suffer in high school from a mm-hmm. bunch of people that they were telling me that I'm not. So it's really well, important. Let, let, me,
2: let me tell you this, Daisy. First yeah. of all, looking at your little icon pick, even though it's about this big, you are gorgeous. <laughs> Just like Miss oh, Ashley is gorgeous. All of you girls who have called in and young women who have called in are all beautiful. I Thank will say see. this. It's very interesting because you said your family raised you, telling you from day one you were beautiful. You were gorgeous. You know, they gave you those positive affirmations. I never got that. I never got that. To this day, I've never heard that I'm beautiful or pretty from my father, rarely from my mom. I never got that. So to hear you, I'm shocked cause I didn't even know parents told their kids, you know, this <laughs> over and over. Like that's a blessing. Like that's what it should be because the world is meant to tear you down. I didn't really yeah. start hearing I was pretty until really from outsiders. And I remember even when I first started YouTubing, you know, the first few years were rough, honey. Bad lighting and audio. So I was always, you know, the <laughs> ugly girl on YouTube. And then once, you know, I was able to kind of get my setup and get my swag and get into it, then it was like, oh, my God, you're pretty. You're pretty. And, it, and I know what you mean, where it, it almost shocks you. You know, because I'm like, I didn't hear this growing up. This wasn't told to me in my household. So I don't, I don't want you to think that what your parents did was wrong. Because I think sometimes we have to tell, you know, what I'm saying, our kids that they're beautiful and they're, at, and that they're loved. Because when they step out here in the world, the world is meant to tear your child to shreds and tell them that they're ugly, they're fat, they're short, they're never going to amount to anything. So they need that positive reinforcement in the household. But one thing I've learned you know, even dealing with issues in high school, um, it depended on what clique of girls I was with, right? So I had different cliques of friends. I was always that person where I was cool with a lot of different people, but they didn't necessarily get along. I I was usually the glue that held folks together, right? So I'm cool with this clique, but they really don't like that clique. I was always like the neutral one. So when I'd be with my lighter skin friends or mixed friends, I was considered the ugly one. But then when I'd be with my darker skin friends, I was the pretty one, so it was just weird. But I remember we all went out one day, we were out in the midway. And so this guy pulls up on us and we're like 16, 17 at the time. And he's like, yeah, we're shooting a music video um, next weekend. I want y'all to be in the video, y'all are bad as hell. So now we're excited. And it was like the late, you know, early (laughs) 2000s. We're like, oh my God, I get to be a video girl. And he gives everyone, and all my friends that were there were light-skinned, I was the darkest one. He gives them all a flyer for the location and tells me, "Nah, you can't be in the video. You're too dark." Oh man. And I was so embarrassed and shocked, and what even shocked me more was my friends were like, "Oh shit, that's fucked up. You didn't get one. But hey, we about to be in this video." And I'm just like, oh. so that was like my first experience feeling like, "Oh my gosh, I'm ugly. Or I'm not as good as them." And it was just like a really that's hurtful just crazy. feeling. Yeah, so people can do things to you that make you second guess yourself. And a lot of times, especially with high school and what you went through, a lot of times what I've learned as I've gotten older is that people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. That's and true. see what it is, is that they saw you as a threat. You might've been good with you know, math and, and you know just a bubbly person, or a cool person. And when they see you as a threat, they go out their way to tear you down and tear down your self esteem, so that way you're less of a threat to them.
12: Yeah, that that might be because I remember I was really good um, dancing. I was like the dancer, and always when there was like See? some school presentation, I I was like the number one dancer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this trauma, like actually now you make me realize that my parents' day like mean well is crazy yeah. because. Like till this day, I, I was kind of like thinking that what they did was wrong because of what I went through. I was like, why were they telling me all the time at this cell uh, oh, like that you're so pretty and stuff, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't and- think they did anything wrong. And I think for my parents, it's not necessarily they did something wrong. They just didn't know no better. You know, some parents feel like, oh, if you tell a girl that she's pretty, then she'll run out here and be a hoe. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so some parents think like that. Other people, forget. it's no different than parents saying, oh, don't pick up that baby, you're gonna spoil them. You better pick up that baby and hug him and show them love. You know, so sometimes parents just look at things differently. But, you know, everybody's experience is their experience. And that's what makes us Who we are today. So, those are your experiences and and what you learned. And these are mine and and what I learned in life, you know. But yeah, I just had to reiterate that to you that, you know, be grateful for that because I didn't get that. I didn't get that in my household, you know. And I had to learn, you know, from the outside world. And maybe if I've been told that I was beautiful and there was nothing wrong with me that maybe I would have made better decisions. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have fell for the first guy who told me that he loved me and that I was beautiful. You know, so that that's where yeah. I think about too. So yeah, you have a very interesting backstory, but at the end of the day, we all go through things and we're able to learn from it. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because people can relate from all ends of the spectrum.
12: Thank you very much, T. And thank you to everybody in the chat there has been very sweet, <laughs> sympathizing yeah, with lit. us. So thank you very much, T. I love you're you. So I love what you're doing. And thank you for letting me share my story.
2: Definitely. Thank you for calling in, Daisy. You have a good evening.
12: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
2: I love her story and that y'all are so wonderful in the chat. Thank you guys for just showing everybody love, giving them gems and, you know, just reiterating things with everyone. Um, Let me go ahead and bring on, let's see here. Moni D. Moni, go ahead and unmute your
8: microphone. Hi T, can you hear me?
2: Yes, we can hear you. How are you?
8: I'm well. Hi everybody. Um, So my perspective it kind of comes from my weight um when it comes to pretty privilege and so we hear my son in the background Uh, when it comes to pretty privilege I think that I had that growing up but I was never really conscious of it I always just noticed that I was get getting more compliments based on if I was heavier or if I was lighter Um, and after I had my son I gained a lot of weight and I just noticed getting treated so differently, like so differently, like things that took for granted, just even being noticed like on the street by guys or something. Mm-hmm. I was like invisible. I was like, damn, <laughs> yeah. this is still foul. <laughs> yeah, so um I think that something that um, because I've always had some struggles with weight myself, like I would stress eat and emotionally, you know, binge at times. And I got to the point where something that I did for myself was just really sit back and kind of think about all of the accomplishments that I've made and kind of just try to rely on the successes that I've done just to build myself up. Because mm-hmm. i found that when it comes to trying to get your self-esteem from outside sources, you're always going to feel broken.
2: Well, thank you for calling in. Yeah. I see he he wants some attention in the background. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Thank you, That's guys. That's okay. You have a good evening, sis. Y'all too. Have a good night. Bye. Um, so let me go ahead and bring on, let's see here, uh, Tashari. Tashari, go ahead and unmute your microphone.
9: Hi, it's Tashari
2: Oh, to Shari. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you? OK, I'm
5: good. How are you all? Good. That's good. OK, Um. well, I feel like there's two sides to pretty privilege. I feel like I know from my experience, I feel like I've gotten jobs because I was pretty and I really mm-hmm. did not have any type of experience like at all. But I also noticed like when I worked at this one job, um, it was Armani Exchange and I would be on the women's side and I literally could never sell. Like it's like it didn't matter what I did. I just couldn't sell anything. They even had like people that like the employees that worked there for a long time. They would Mm -hmm. shadow me and they would give me like a script basically like to basically say the same things that they say to customers so I could sell and I would do it. And the women, they would just be like cutthroat. Like, they'll just be really dry. They wouldn't give me a chance. It was one of the oddest things. They'd be like, oh, okay. Like, after I asked them, like, hey, can I help you with anything? They'll just be, like, really dry. But then I would go on the men's side, and I would always sell. Like, it was, like,
2: almost effortless. It was one of the crazy... Well, you understand that because you're pretty, you might have intimidated the women. They felt the way.
5: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so i do but that's why i said it's i see it from like both sides because i feel like not i see it from both sides i feel like i just have two different ways of looking at it because mm-hmm. i was able to go on there and then the men you know what i'm saying i was able to sell pretty easy easily right. but um i also know that when i just meet people like it's hard for me to make friends or even when i've like talked to guys like, I've had guys tell me like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you you're pretty because you already know that. I'm sure you get that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, like, uh. yeah I'm not even that type of person. And so it's just like it really throws me off because a lot of times people don't even give me like a chance
7: mm-hmm. when I
5: approach them or if they approach me. Like, it's like they already have this like preconceived idea of who they think that I am because of the way that I look.
7: Mm-hmm. And
5: I feel like also when it comes to pretty privilege and just being quote unquote pretty, because I feel like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So it depends. Right. Um, People look at it as sometimes they look at it as, you know, OK, she's weak or she's stupid and she's just pretty like that's literally it. And mm-hmm. then it's like then I have to step outside of who I am and like basically gain respect, improve myself to a person so that they respect me if that makes sense. And so it's like, that's a lot of work. Like I said, even with like friends, like it's so hard for me to just have genuine friends. Like I've had friends just tell me like, oh, I'm just so jealous of you. The first time I heard that was in middle school and I still hear it to this day. And that's not a good thing, first of all, to say or to feel or to even just have somebody around you that feels that way. Mm
13: -hmm. And I don't
5: shove things in people's faces like I don't do any of that, you know. But I also noticed that I think kind of like you know we allow it sometimes like with uh, like we've been conditioned to choose pretty people if that makes sense. Um, Because for example, when I first got on here, like the list of speakers, I know for myself I would see certain girls like I would see the girls right, Mm -hmm. and I would just put give them a diamond because I'm like oh my gosh she's so
9: pretty. Right. Wait
2: a minute. I haven't even heard her speak yet. Yeah, and even well, from again, myself. that's part of human nature. That's what I was saying. Like we're yeah. we're conditioned automatically. You know, like yeah. I told you, I said the last girl, her picture about this big, but I'm like, oh my god, you're gorgeous, and you are too. Like you're beautiful. Thank you. You know, but that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, And we do that, and it it doesn't make us bad people. That's just how we're we're. That's like our DNA. That's how we're rooted you know, to look at attractiveness and what we deem as attractive, you know. So and then there's a lot of privileges, too, though, like like the like the last Mm -hmm. gentleman was saying before he got cut off. um, When somebody is pretty, they don't get stigmatized as much like when they do bad things or make bad decisions. For example, let's look at Kimora Lee. Kamara Lee got a, she got what, like four kids, you know, three different baby daddies. I've never heard anybody call her baby mama or talk about the fact that her kids got different fathers, you know, uh, the Kardashians, half of them are baby's mothers, never married. Nobody ever attaches that stigma to them, you know, and I think that, you know, them being pretty definitely helps. Mm -hmm. Even look at, remember, uh, the, the felon babe, Jeremy Meeks when he went viral for his mugshot. Think about him, yes. With the green eyes or whatever, blue eyes. Giving him like the benefit of the doubt, like, uh uh-uh. Yeah, but now he's like in all these movies. He's like in all of these movies, he's acting, he's on the red carpet. And I'm thinking to myself, what about the poor guy who done spent all this money to go to like, you know, these acting classes and acting school and move to LA and he can't get a break and some felon, it's now in like blockbuster movies based on his looks. looks. <laughs> it's crazy, but that's society.
5: Yeah, I think if people want change, like we have to be the change, in my opinion, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guilty for it too. I literally just did it. Or when the girl Daisy was talking, mm-hmm. I was just writing my notes. I had 20 diamonds. By the time Jarrell started speaking, I had 47. You get what I'm saying? And I hadn't even mm-hmm. spoke. I could have came on here and just cursed everybody out. And I just, you know, so I I feel that way too, but I'm going to have to agree with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a benefit. And Andrew Allen in the chat says, nobody wants to see ugly actors on the screen, though. Oh, Andrew, man. you're not lying. And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. We have to have an honest dialogue. That's that's why, you know, people are like, oh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Oh, it's about the heart. It's what's inside. No, it's not. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, true. people, nobody's following ugly TikTokers. Let's keep it real. I don't want to see somebody doing dances and they look disheveled and dirty like they just rolled out of bed. You know, you want people to look a certain way, to carry themselves a certain way. And that is just how we're built. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just, that's as old as the caveman. You know, so we have to be honest with ourselves and Mm -hmm. we have to understand if we want change then we have to be that change. We have to start making it acceptable, okay? That we can have a big girl like Lizzo and she can be seen as a sex symbol. You know what I'm saying, regardless of her size, because like I said, if Lizzo gave a performance that Sweetie gave, that'd have been the end of her career. That
9: is so true. You, you know, know what I'm saying, but Sweetie
2: thing. gets a pass for mediocrity because she's cute. So that's what we have to change as a society and hold people to the same type of standard regardless of what they look like. Mm-hmm.
5: And ourselves, because my mom has always told me, your looks, it, you know, it can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, especially in this world. People will play; they'll play you if you let them. So you gotta have, you gotta just be. You have to be more than just pretty. You really do. Right.
2: But well, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for calling. It was very good talking to you.
8: Thank you. You see, too. You said awesome. Nobody mm-hmm. wanna
3: see ugly actors. We can even bring this to like the real world. Nobody wanna see. Well, nobody wanna have an ugly secretary. Nobody wanna have <laughs> ugly sales women selling their clothes in the stores. Like, there's no director. Who wants to turn to his left? And his secretary, who's taking his calls, is just fat and ugly, according to him. Fat and ugly to him, because she can be pretty to somebody else. Right. Like, it's yeah, like,
9: that's true. It's
2: we way always, way. we always put this standard on Hollywood. But I mean, I know several friends of mine who own their own businesses. The receptionist is not ugly. They want a pretty receptionist you know? to greet the customer. <laughs> you
3: know? Another example, when you were talking about women who has like, when you said Kimmeralee Simon, some people were they were like, hey, Kimmeralee Simon has all those baby daddies and they didn't even know. But another example that is more recent is the real housewife girl, Fallon Pina. Mm Fallon has like four kids by four different men and nobody ever bring that up. Nobody Mm -hmm. ever bring that up. She's like in her early 30s. She's already having kids early in life but four kids by four baby daddies and nobody ever said anything about it
2: that's true that is very true nobody brings it up why because she's a pretty girl you know so it's like oh well, we're gonna ignore it but then if it's just like an average looking you know woman uh-uh now her four baby daddies you know that's the first thing they gonna throw in her face you know so yeah it, again it goes back to us so now let me let me throw this question out here and i'll ask you And then whoever wants to speak on it in this day and age, are people, do people, how can I word this? Is there, is there a reason for people not to be pretty? Because in this day and age, y'all got so many things that can help y'all. Like when we were growing up, if you were just ugly, you were just ugly. There wasn't a whole bunch of makeup to cover up, you know, acne scars. There wasn't a whole bunch of weaves. If you were bald-headed, you were just bald-headed. You just had to rock with it and, you know, just be you. Like you just had to, you know, be confident and say, oh, well, I'm bald-headed, I ain't got no edges. It is what it is. We can fight outside, (laughs) okay? But in this day and age, is there any any reason for people to still be quote-unquote ugly? Because there's all types of plastic surgery, you can fix your body, you can fix your nose, there's filters, there's makeup tutorials. There's so many things that make people quote unquote pretty. So I, I asked this to say, are people really pretty in this day and age or is it because of what they do to make themselves pretty? Because I feel like people back then were just genuinely pretty. They were naturally pretty. If you go back and you look at models or even celebrities or just even regular people from like the early 90s, 80s, 60s and stuff, they didn't have on a whole bunch of makeup. There wasn't a whole bunch of filters and 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 airbrushing. There wasn't, you know, tons of plastic surgery. So nowadays anybody can be pretty. So is there any excuse for anybody to be walking around here not quote unquote pretty? I'm just throwing it out there.
3: I think in in this day and age, there is no reason for nobody to be well kept. Because I think there's a difference between being well-kept and being quote-unquote pretty. Because when you cannot spend thousand nobody has like thousands of dollars to spend in surgery mm-hmm. um, to look like a certain type of person. But you do, you can gather a couple of dollars to have your nails done, to have a proper weave, to have proper clothing, to smell good, you know, to take care of yourself. So I think it's more like in this day and age, there is no excuse to not be well-kept, VS being quote-unquote pretty because again there are thousands of women who they feel like in their skin they are comfortable they look beautiful but when they're looking at this other woman and everybody's fantasizing her fat ass they're like oh let me go and get my money so that I can have her fast when it wasn't even the issue I think mm-hmm. it's just more like being well-kept VS being pretty. There is no excuse for you to walk around here with your nails being cheap and being, being, cheap and being dirty. There's no reason for you to walk around here smelling. There's no reason for you to not just take care of yourself with everything that is available, whether it is microblading for your eyebrows, you know, taking care of your lashes, taking care of your hair. You can find a proper weave that is affordable or take care of your hair and then have your hair well-kept. I think it's more of
2: being well-kept VS being pretty to me. Mm-hmm. And so now let me read some of the comments in the comment section. Uh, Wendy Gonzalez says, I'm Dominican and in my country, they said that there are no ugly girls, just broke ones. Uh, Ali says, T, do you notice that when people in society um call so-called people ugly and the ugly ones are confident, people are mad, like how dare you be happy and confident? Yeah, it's almost like people are shocked if somebody's not conventionally, quote unquote, pretty, but they're still confident within themselves. But yeah, you know, all of this stuff costs money. So I definitely understand um, that poverty can play a, a role in people not being, quote unquote, as pretty or as well kept as they could be, you know. But and it doesn't even have to be the extreme of getting plastic surgery, but even the makeup. You know, and just all the things that people do to quote unquote, beautify themselves. You know, I think there's a lot more remedies now in this day and age than when we were younger. It just wasn't an option. You just had to learn to be comfortable in your skin. And I think that eventually we may need to go back to that instead of teaching young girls to put filters on their face, teach them that, you know what? God makes everybody different and everybody's not gonna have flawless skin or super long hair or this and that. I think those are the conversations that we have to eventually have because just throwing a filter on something or putting on a whole bunch of, you know, Jezebel makeup, okay, is not gonna do anything for the internal. This That's my just awesome. my opinion.
3: Somebody said um, being well-kept does require a lot of money. Um, she says a couple of dollars, that's half a stack. Nails not, nails another few dollars. And someone else said being well-kept does require a lot of money. And I tend to disagree because you can just walk into a pharmacy and get you a few nails tool for a couple of dollars and take care of your nails yourself. Just make sure that they are cut and clean. You can take care of your hair at home. You can make sure that your clothes are run and look good and your clothes is well-fitted on you. You don't need to have the money that the girls have nowadays to be well kept and whether we like it or not when someone is not well kept we'll tend to say she's ugly when it's just that she's not well kept whether
2: that's just my opinion I don't know what you think about it Hmm. I can see that I can see that angle I can definitely see that angle so let me go ahead and bring on some more people here yeah Terrell Allen go ahead and unmute your microphone hello
14: can you hear, can you hear me now
2: okay that's better
14: OK, sorry. That's okay. All right. So I just want to start off by saying I love your channel. I appreciate everything that you do. And thanks for adding me on.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that.
14: No problem. All right. So I do agree. Before I say like what I'm going to say, I agree like with, with, with what you said, like about your upbringing. I had mm-hmm. the same experience. So becoming an adult, I had to, you know, boost my self-confidence, things like that. So when mm-hmm. I say what I'm going to say, it's not to, like, offend anybody or whatever. But I do think that Pretty Privilege has ups and downs, too. Um, mm-hmm. Because I work with a lot of Instagram models being, like, a, I guess, celebrity hairstylist or whatever you want to call it. Um, And they go through a lot, too. Um, Just like Sweetie, uh, Lori Harvey, Um, a lot of those girls, they get tore up on social media every day, all day, every other week. So, like, when some of the previous people say, like, they don't hear about certain things. It's I wonder like where are they looking? Because the blogs eat these girls up every day. They can do anything without getting unnoticed. And that goes for a lot of girls, not even just ones that are named pretty privileged. Being like, I feel like being on social media as anybody in today's time, it's mm-hmm. a lot of standards that we all have to face in every culture, in every race. It's always like attack, attack, attack. And I do feel like too, like a lot of the girls, people say like it's pretty privileged, which can be a help to starting in your career. But I also feel like um, a lot of girls put the work in too. Just like, um, you know, Lori Harvey, she get a lot of backlash, but Lori Harvey was actually modeling for Dolce & Gabbana since she was 15. She just did a commercial ad with Burberry. So she might not be a supermodel, but she does have some like, you know, things up under her belt. And as far as sweetie too, like she went to school, she got her degree. And I feel like she shouldn't be like, continue just because like people feel like oh she shouldn't go to the college and speak she has a degree in business she used her instagram followers followers to create dollars just like girls like jada cheese i grew up you know we're around the same age i saw mm-hmm. how she built her brand from the bottom up she gets scrutinized all the time because of the man she dates because of her looks things like that so sometimes it's just like people have to open a mind and think like it's two sides to every story everybody goes through struggles in life and being on a social media platform in today's time more than ever is just like very hard it's a very hard world um the music industry is very hard i do agree with a lot of stuff that you say about sweetie like i do think she's trying to get out her deal but at the end of the day sweetie have already came out and said many times i know i'm not the best i know i need work a lot of girls go around and they not even good and they act like they the queen sweetie ain't ever i feel like sweetie just do what she can and like you know she do what she can to get where she trying to go i don't feel like people should be scrutinized especially if they're not like bitchy or catty or trying to always say like i'm the best or i'm the prettiest if that makes sense
2: mm-hmm. no i think you hit on a lot of good points and that's why i say that at times social media and society can be hypocritical right because again people will scream pretty privilege but when you look at their followers, y'all are following these pretty people. Exactly. Nobody's running out their way to go follow the person that's not conventionally pretty or that's morbidly obese and, you know, just trying to make their own social media following. So it's like, why do y'all follow these people in order to just tear them down?
14: I think that it's like installed in a lot of our brains at some point of our lives. to just, it's just natural. Like people were saying before, that does come with... It just comes with us. That needs to change overall, period. We can't mm-hmm. just say, like, oh, the pretty girls, they shouldn't get anything because they're pretty. Who, God created them. You know? Like, it's pretty girls. I know a lot of pretty girls and you see their parents, they don't even look like their parents.
2: <laughs> like uh, Zendaya? They-
14: Zendaya. Right. They just lucked up. Why should, <laughs> Zendaya why
2: is gorgeous. Should... She don't look nothing like her mom or dad. Sorry.
14: Exactly. <laughs> and then another thing that I'm gonna say too, only on this, only on this chat, because I do mm-hmm. have an Instagram following. I don't like to disrespect people, but a lot of Instagram models, and I've done a lot of the top models. You know, Alexa Sky, Lyra Galora, a lot. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. I've done like a little mini study, kind of, and what I notice about a lot of those girls that the world will never know you know when you do these girls beauty cosmetics and stuff like that hair and stuff these girls a lot of them they sit on their phones the whole time and you know what they do they read all the comments they mm-hmm. go to pms they they they'll even ask me some of them that I have personal relationships with they'll be like do you think I'm ugly or do you think my butt looks weird or should I get more surgery or do you think I overdid it so I know I had learned in my own you know mind that these people that everybody scrutinize and people think is the prettiest girls a lot of those girls don't even think that about themselves a yeah, lot they're of those are insecure exactly they're mm-hmm. living day to day trying to figure out like Dude, is my ass too big now everybody's getting slimmer now am i about to be washed up tomorrow or mm-hmm. you know so a lot of these girls that people you know this and stuff like that they go through a lot of stuff too and i feel like a lot of women period being a guy I've learned that in a beauty industry because I started working in the beauty industry at 17. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I got in early and that's all I've ever done my whole life. And I feel like a lot of men will never get the backlash that women get as a whole, like period, because-
2: That's what I was saying earlier, Terrell, that at the end of the day, beauty is a genetic lottery and people seem pressed about that, but nobody gets mad when a guy happens to be six foot eight. And exactly, then I and him to go to
14: the like, NBA. Exactly. And look at situations like I tell girls this all the time. Girls are so catty. Not all, but a lot of them, just from working in hair salons and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I tell girls all the time, girls, you know, are not a lot of girls are naturally haters without even knowing sometimes. And I have to tell them, like, you're pretty too. Like, you don't have to tear somebody else down because you're a cute girl too. You might just be a cute girl in a different lane. And then a mm-hmm. lot of girls. You know, these men be ugly as hell. Some of them, um, like example, this is my opinion. I'll say like an example. I like little baby music, but I feel like little baby is not cute. He drags (laughs) girls up and down through the mud and he gets all the fame. He gets all the... The success he gets all the pats on the back. Anytime he do something or cheat on his baby mama, she gotta be the one that sit up there and get caught a fool and say, "Girl, you still with him?" And this and that. And the man, nice. the men always walk away and they could go date fifty thousand girls. When girls date three men now in, in in industry that's just known, you're now a hoe. It's Good girls nice. in my own city that I'm friends with that are popular. You know, like how you had a popular people in the city. I know a lot of those girls, and those girls, they could date three people, and a girl would be like, oh, she a hoe. And I'd be like, "How she a hoe? Like, we grow. Ain't that what comes with dating? Like, mm-hmm. But the men could do whatever they want to do. So I always try to tell girls, like, sometimes a lot of people need to sit back and stop being so judgmental, especially when a, a person isn't doing anything that's just mean or rude or coming off like, I'm prettier than you. A lot of girls could just be naturally pretty and have a great personality. I know a lot of ugly people with their personalities
2: Mhm. no you <laughs> hit on some really good points now do you think that some of the jealousy and let's keep it real because i've talked about this before too on youtube do you think that some of the jealousy that comes at these girls who are social media famous or you know celebrities if the ones that we call you know beautiful right Right. Do you think some of that is because of the men? Because a lot women want to is- be in those same positions. Who who don't want to okay. be? You know, okay. who don't want to get a bag and fly to Dubai and fly around the world? And you know, so do you think that that's where some of that hate is coming from? Because they're not in those girls' positions, or they feel like, well, I'm prettier than her. I have more talent than her. I should be, you know, meeting rappers and entertainers and things like
8: that.
14: So me personally, a hundred thousand percent, and I say this all the time, like to my friends, like I always say, like I'm so glad I'm a man or a boy, whatever you want to call it, because girls got it hard. Because this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like the girls who are all in the, in the industry, not regular working women, girls that are all connected to the industry in some way, um, they all are in a big pool, and now it's more than ever. So you got fifty thousand Instagram influencers, models, whatever. You got probably ten top men that are respected that are very rich very successful all of these girls are dating in the same pond and when the women when a girl gets chosen by a man even if they don't want to i feel like the girl automatically gets attacked look at how look at for example when Lori harvey dated future it was it was a bad look now future that was a bad look in my opinion period but like then when she dated Michael B. Jordan, it was a bad look. It's PR, it's this. Just like like Ari, for example, when she dated Bag yo. Till this day, people say, it's fake, it's PR, this and that. But then like, it, it, in my opinion, I just feel like the market is just overly saturated. And since the beginning of time, women are always more judged than men. So anytime a woman mm-hmm. is not married with kids or with one man all their life, they looked at that. But then the woman who stands strong and demands respects and made dates around for a little bit is always looked at as a hoe and even like what the girl has said about fallon there's no disrespect to her to the girl but fallon gets ridiculed on social media all day every day that she does she i've seen it with my own eyes people say porch i'm glad he went to Porsche. you a hoe you got three baby daddies so i don't know like if people really pay attention but i'm one of the people that i don't care about personal people I'd rather pay attention to the blogs. I don't like the gossip about people I know and stuff like that. So I'm a blog person. I read the blogs and I see how these girls get, you know, ridiculed. And I'd be thinking like, I'm glad I'm not that famous because I don't think I would, it would work for me.
2: Mm.
14: Well, and you just definitely like- hit on a
2: lot of stuff. You definitely hit on a lot of stuff. I really And to touch
14: that. on one, I just want to say one mm-hmm. more thing too. Like mm-hmm. if people really like do their research, even another example is like Kylie Jenner. Like I feel like her mom forced her to become this person that she is at such a young age. And that's not even a life that she wanted. If you look at Kylie's life between 16 to 18, she was scared to be famous. She didn't want to be famous. I feel like some people also are thrown in the limelight because of their family too. And like another person I'll say real quick, like Lori Harvey is a good example too. A lot of people say like, oh, pre privileged, this and that. But then what if she just sit on her ass and do nothing then people will talk about that so it's like at least she you know did something with her last name you know a lot of people have a last name and they do nothing with it like in my opinion like uh like uh Floyd Mayweather's daughter she Mm -hmm. completely embarrasses his last name your father is a billionaire at least Lori Harvey have some type of class so that's why i be trying to tell people like sometimes you got to look at things for really what they are like if I have a last name. I guess good and goddamn well, I'm going to use my last name and I'm going to make something of my life and I'm going to try to, you know, represent my family in at least a positive way if I can.
2: Yeah, but that's what I said about Dr. Dre's daughter. While you over here sitting in the car complaining to the Daily Mail that you're broke and homeless, your last name is Young. You're Dr. Dre's daughter. There's no reason for you to be struggling right now. When There's you literally my- can use that nepotism in Hollywood, you can literally walk in any door and say that I'm Andre Young's daughter and they will look out for you.
14: So this is what I heard through the grapevines. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I know some people that know some people. I heard that he threatens, have been threatening people since the early 2000s not to do business with his daughter because he didn't deal with the daughter. Now, I do agree that she's too old to kind of be like in the position she is, but I do understand that life happens sometimes. And I do think that she just might be fucked up mentally at this point in her life because she's already just been like, dealing with living a struggle life having a rich-ass father that don't even acknowledge you so I'm not saying like she's all all the way off the hook but I do think sometimes men with power can definitely intimidate people not to work with certain people especially in Hollywood now I do think she need to get the hell up and write a book or something um and get some type of money (laughs) but I do think sometimes it's hard when you have powerful parents and I've met a few people in the industry that have powerful people above them. And I actually even got the opportunity to meet Beyonce and Jay-Z three years ago um, before their concert. And I just noticed that a lot of people, you can even feel the power when you're around them. Like you, like when I was around Jay-Z and Beyonce, it just felt like crazy, like it's just like a weird feeling. And I just know like stories I've heard about people shutting down brand deals and stuff like that. Like even um like, for example, like Kylie Jenner, like the girl that um Travis Scott been dating for all of these years since 2014, they silenced that girl. They got her Instagram deleted for almost a year now. She just popped back on Instagram three months ago. And then she I made a- I wonder what happened to
2: her too.
14: She made a cryptic message on her Snapchat that says she has been silenced. And a lot of brands won't work with her because of threats behind the scenes. And we all know who that came from because she addressed it over a year and a half ago. So it's like sometimes when you're dealing with these people that's billionaires and like hundreds of millionaires, they have the power to do to stop your bag for a certain amount of time. Mm. Until there,
2: Lane comes down. I appreciate running. you calling in, Terrell. We got to take some more calls, but yeah, you spilled a lot of tea. I really appreciate you calling in and speaking on the other perspective as well.
14: No problem. Thank you.
2: All right. Have a good evening. So, can I ask you a quick question regarding
3: what Terrell said? Just a quick mm-hmm. question. Tara pointed out the fact that, oh, there are some people in the, in the comments of these people scrutinizing them too. And he's right. There are people in their comments talking shit about them. Example, Fallen. There are some people who are Porsche stands, for example, who are always calling her out. Like, there's nothing to be proud of having four kids by four baby daddies, et cetera. There are people in Jada's comment, Iris comment, Kylie Jenner, et cetera. But what do you think about the, the overwhelming love that they get for certain things that they do compared to a few people calling them out, to me, okay, what do you think about the difference and how it affects the way they do what they do? Because he's right. There are a few people calling them out. But when you have thousands and billions of people compared to a few people who are calling you out, those few people, you're automatically going to point them out as haters, as people who just hating on you, who just jealous of you because there are thousands of billions of other people who they are loving on you for what you're doing. I don't know if you see what I'm saying and your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that.
2: I mean, yeah, anything with social media is definitely gonna be a double-edged sword. Everybody's not gonna like you, you know what I'm saying? But I think for most people, the love definitely outweighs the hate. I don't care who you are. You'd be a YouTuber, TikToker, Instagrammer, because if the love didn't outweigh the hate, you wouldn't be an influencer. Let's keep that real. You wouldn't be able to get brand deals and make money if people didn't support you more than they hated you, so I definitely get that, but I think either way, you know the hate can take a toll on people because you know people tend to acknowledge and gear towards the negativity first, and that's one thing that used to always annoy me sometimes with celebs is they'll have thousands of comments, "Oh my God, I love you, you're the best, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful, and I listen to your music. And they'll go past all of that, but then address the one lowly hater that's like, oh, you're fat, your music sucks. F you, my music is the bomb. I'm number one on the bill. It's just like, come on, you just had like a thousand positive comments, but you home in on that one, you that's know? A, so yeah. The
3: person giving their opinion, why is that sometimes somebody giving their opinion on someone, something that they put out there? Because if you post a picture of yourself and I make a comment of, about you on that picture don't come back and tell me my opinion no matter when you post a picture but what do you think what, what is that every time someone makes a comment about somebody's body and their appearance and they automatically point out as a hater when they're just sharing their opinion on what that person has posted out there. Example, sweetie. When you said sweetie is not talented, when you said sweetie this, when you said sweetie that, you are sweetie hater. You just hate her success. You just hate the fact that she was able to come up and you're not. When you're just giving your opinion on something fallen, when you said fallen and for baby daddies and stuff like that, you automatically point out of a hater and da da da. People are so quick to point out people as haters for making comments about things that they see and
2: they disagree with. I don't know if that's- yeah. I mean, people are saying that. Why is it if your opinion isn't in line with the majority right away, you're wrong, you're dumb, etc. That's what Gabby Sanchez just said. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good point as well. Let me go ahead and um, bring on some more people here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Univergo So, can you go ahead and unmute your microphone? Am I on mute? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How are you?
13: I'm good. I have a different. um, It's so funny because I feel like I was always the darker one growing up in my house, in my family. Like more majority of them is lighter. And I definitely had to deal with this growing up. Like it was like, you know, even playing in the hood, like, you know, they picking my cousin before they pick me because she's supposed to be prettier. They ain't even picking me for how to go get it. They don't want to get me. So I'm just like, damn. So I've been dealing with that. But I definitely use the pretty privilege because I have, um, you know, I got them four nigglets. I got all them four kids, but the oldest one is light skin and I use that. They be like, she's so pretty. Okay. Can I get that free thing? They be wanting to give her things and give, you know, give me the food for free. I'm like, yes, I use it. So I think it's a double edged sword. Like I dealt with it growing up. Like I wasn't getting picked and now I'm getting picked because of my daughter. So I don't know. It's a, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? I look at it in a different way. I'm listening to all this. I'm like, all these complaints about this pretty privilege, but I've used that I did deal with it growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference. You do get either picked or not chosen you know what i mean you don't get chosen for things over somebody else like even in a lot of uh school plays and things that i really wanted it was like oh let's pick her and it's like she ain't even that talented like she did not show out like i did you know what i'm saying but because she's pretty she just got picked and it's like for the face so i don't know it's i, I look at it in two different ways i look at it like you know i got some free food because of my pretty daughter so uh i didn't have to pay for that <laughs> so you know you're saying
2: I mean? so because because you didn't benefit from it when you were younger, because you weren't, I guess, conventionally pretty in some people's eyes. But your yeah. daughter is very pretty, so you're mm-hmm. definitely using her pretty privilege to benefit you mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant's mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. Vanessa Bryant, her mama did. Okay. That.
13: See, but I don't you know put her. I, feel like, like, I don't to her feel daughters. like, my pretty. She ended up coming up. Yeah, I don't I don't do like put her out there like look at my pretty daughter. If someone acknowledges that she's pretty and it just like, you know, well not now, she's older, she's a teenager, it's you know, different. But um, you know, I still get compliments and everything or whatever for her. But I, you know, when she was younger, if like they wanted to give me something some free food, shit. Hell yeah, give me that free food. I definitely went through it, but I'm not that person and I don't like that type of mother, like you're saying, like Vanessa Bryant's mother, because it was just a girl in my hood. Her mother used to always take her around and be like, look at my pretty daughter. Look at how tall she is. Look how beautiful. Isn't she beautiful? Cause she didn't feel beautiful. She didn't get that love from her own mother. So she always put her daughter like that to the point where her daughter looks it's like she's the stank one in the hood. Like everybody look at her like she's um what do you call conceited and she's not, she's a nice person, but they look at her like that because of how her mother presented her. So I don't like that. I don't agree with that. And I do think, you know, at a certain age, you got to stop because I don't want these kids thinking, you know, we just going to use off bodies for free, you know, get shit for free because of that. But I mean, I definitely benefited from the pretty privilege. I will say, I must say.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, all right, sis. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you.
13: Yes. Later.
2: All right. Bye. Um, bubbly,
4: bubbly. Go ahead and mute your
2: microphone. Okay, that's better.
4: Okay, I'm so sorry. That's
2: okay.
4: Um, I just wanted just to give another perspective, just kind of a little bit left field, um, and working in a, in a DC environment. That's the best way I can say, say it, because I'm in a unique space of what I work in, and being well groomed is kind of like a presentation of who you are to the public. And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the pretty side. I'm just talking about just being self-care. And I just wanted to get your take on is that that shouldn't be a privilege. That should be an obligation um, in that space. And I just wanted to kind of get your take on that. that.
2: You're talking about people grooming themselves, like how I feel about that. I mean, I think one thing we learned growing up is that, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness you know, and how you represent yourself when you leave the house says a lot about your household. Yeah. You know, that's why sometimes you don't want to really drag people or drag especially young kids because you don't know what their household is like. Maybe the water bill is out so they can't shower every day. Maybe the electricity is out so their clothes can't get washed like normal. You know, but I think personal hygiene and grooming is a very important part and it also you know once you're clean you feel better. You know nobody wants to walk around feeling dirty and musty and people can smell you. You know that's not a good feeling. Nobody wants to be the stinky kid in the class. You know y'all remember that remember the um with the twins uh that old Adam Sandler movie when he's like my son is the stinky kid in the class. Like nobody wants that. So I think that can do a lot to beautify people. Just something as simple as just taking care of yourself, making sure you're well-groomed. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to to make sure that you're groomed well. You know, showering, using um, deodorant, styling your hair, you know, just keeping yourself up to the best of your ability. Because sometimes what happens is if people are telling you that you're ugly or that you're not good enough, that can take a toll on your self-esteem where sometimes you feel like, well, if people don't value me anyways, who cares? I don't value myself. You know what's gonna make you want to get up and and wash up and and style your hair and make yourself feel good, so I think grooming is a very important part of of the beautification process
4: um absolutely and I, and I was just kind of looking at it more or less you know how you present yourself in the world you you know is is your glow um and if someone happens to be attracted to that, you can't you know not accept the compliment however, there's still you know, a balance and boundaries with that and acceptance of that where the ego doesn't get too extreme. But I was also kind of taking it to the point of, you know, birds of the feather flock together. And I just saying in the business sense, like you stated, you know, if I am going to present myself out there, especially as being a plus size woman at that, you know, Spanx and all that is part of my wardrobe, then Mm -hmm. I do take the time to make sure I'm well groomed and nails and hair is done because that's how I want to present myself in the world and people let's be honest we we see with our eyes so people do visually kind of prejudge based on what they see unfortunately so I just wanted to kind of get your perspective on that but um that's all I had to say
2: okay perfect well thank you so much for calling in sis it was good talking to you all right thanks Malad Kashmir
15: hi TK you hear me
2: Oh, we can hear you perfectly. How are you?
15: Oh, man, I'm, I'm good. How about you, T?
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
15: Thank you. So um, actually, this is a topic that I've actually studied on. Um, I graduated from Duke. So this is actually a study okay. I did about like four years ago before pretty privilege was actually a thing. It's actually like in um, psychology, it's known as the attractiveness bias. So first of all, when people say pretty privilege is not a thing, it's bullshit. It's a, thing. it's there. There are many studies that have pr- proven that it's a thing. So the reason why this is a thing, it's actually something that's rooted in um, fundamental biology. So I know you said something about genetics. Yeah, it's something that's rooted in fu- fundamental biology. So human beings, being sexual um, creatures, we're naturally conditioned to seek out attractive people because they're more beneficial to propagating our species. So in other words. To procreate, you know what I'm saying, so that's how like in the in nature the the brightest flower is most likely to get what pollinated the The birds with the brightest feathers are most likely to have a mate. It's just some it's just natural, so just as human beings in general, we're most likely to have this attraction towards um, attractive people and actually um, this psychologist his name is Thorndike he actually studied it's called he he proposed this thing known as a halo effect so you know how like when you look at religious uh figures like religious art there's always a halo around them that's something that's an effect that a lot of attractive people tend to have That's the halo effect. So when you look at an attractive person, you're looking at them through a halo effect, meaning they're deemed more competent than it's, it's just psychology. So I know a lot of people say, you know, there's most likely a lot of benefits to, um, being pretty, but there's, it's actually a double edged sword. So a couple of studies have also realized that when attractive people in terms of job opportunities, attractive people, when attractive people fail, you know, in job, They're most likely to be penalized a lot because, you know, when you're looking at someone through a halo effect, they're deemed as perfect. So Mm. when an attractive person fails, it's like, okay, no, you're most likely to be penalized, you know, harder because you you don't fit that perfect. I don't know if I'm making sense.
2: No, that makes a lot of sense. You're not fitting. They have expectations of you based on your looks. And exactly. then now you're failing because you're pretty, so you, you should be perfect. And the second 100%, you're not,
15: okay, you're not yep. meeting those per. And mo- and also on the other hand, when attractive people do well, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no positive feedback because it's like again, you are expected to do well.
13: You mm. know what I'm saying?
15: And then there's also another double-edged sword known as the beauty is beastly effect. If y'all can Google it, it pretty much means that in certain jobs, being an, being attractive is actually a disadvantage. So in jobs where um in jobs where um people are most likely to be, I don't know how to say it, in jobs where um does a lot in masculine fields being an, being an attractive female is most likely a disadvantage yep. that's like in the we go
2: through that in the IT field any of my yes, IT and ladies because it's a male dominated field exactly. with white men so we and I also see
15: that. that like I work okay well I'm not going to say my job but I work in Silicon Valley and actually I give a good example so um, it's actually called a beauty's beastly effect because as a female you know when a female is attractive their features are very exaggerated so in In other words, when an attractive female applies for a male dominated field, they're most likely deemed not worthy or not competent enough. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, unattractive females are most likely to get hired in male dominated field. And when I said I worked in Silicon Valley this is something I see because guess what? When it comes to the lower, you know, lower jobs like secretary, oh man, it's filled with all the Kayleys, the Haley's, the Ashley's. Oh, they're there. But as you go up the managerial ladder, guess what? Are there women there? Not a lot. But the women that are occupying those managerial jobs are most likely black women. And they all have a look not, you know, the feminine Lori Harvey Black women. Yeah, but the the black very women very the, Yes, the, yes. Buzz, the buzz cut. Mm-hmm. So it just makes you really, really think You about are it. teaching
2: me some stuff tonight. It just makes me- I remember going through that when I worked in IT because there was only one, a handful of Black people in our department anyways. But most of the black women, they looked more mannish or the fact that they were like a lesbian. That was always a thing. Like, are you gay? And it's like, no. Why? Because I do IT. You know, they would always like assume that. And yep. the one woman, <laughs> even though she looked very masculine, she had a whole husband. She, she wasn't gay at all, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it is true. And she was a manager. And because it was a more male dominated field, you'll find women who look more manly in those type of fields yes. where somebody saying in the chat. They go through it, um, you know, military, police jobs. If you're a very yep. attractive cop, you know, it's almost like, oh, why are you here? Or, she's not going to have my back if something goes down because she's so pretty. She might drop yep. her gun and she could be just as well trained as the next person. You yep.
15: know, 100 yep. percent. And also, I know a lot of people in the comments used to write. What about men? Where about men? Well, that effect, according to the research that I did, that effect also affects men. So, you know how I said unattractive women, based on the beauty's beastly effect, unattractive women are most likely to get, you know, jobs in male-dominated fields? Well, when it comes to attractive men, they're also less likely to get certain managerial jobs. And when I'm talking about attractive men, I'm not talking about, you know... I'm just thinking of very attractive, you know, Jason Momoa, he's, he's attractive, but he's manly. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm talking about, you know, the Sean Mendez, Justin Bieber, those, because even though they're attractive, their attraction is mostly on the feminine side, very pretty, very, very soft. So therefore they're not deemed again, worthy enough for those managerial jobs because they're not masculine. They're not manly. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like when it comes to this topic, um we really need to realize that you know it, this, it's it's not just a one-way street where it's like okay just because you're attractive you're getting this job you know what i'm saying so i just uh that's what i also wanted to share and i also wanted to mention Lori harvey um with Lori harvey it's <laughs> so i feel like Lori getting opportunities it's it pretty much draws down to nepotism pretty much mm. she she just so happens to be pretty but it's it's really nepotism so people i know um i think it was terrell came on and talked about well Lori was booking jobs for dolce and gabbana well th- well that's not really true she was but if you look at if you google Lori's campaign for dolce and gabbana it's uh, actually a 2017 campaign and guess what that was a campaign for debutantes so all the models that were part of those campaign, there were models with famous parents and actually mm. princess and princesses. There were royalties. So Lori getting that Dolce & Gabbana job, again, it's, if you Google it, the campaign is, it's called DG, uh, Palmero. So it's, it was actually a campaign made for debutantes and their kids. So on that, in that campaign, they had Zendaya, um, Sophia Richie, there were a couple of princes and princesses. So I think with Laurie, it's pretty much nepotism. And of course, don't get me wrong. She's very pretty, but I'm just saying her opportunities. And when she hosted, um, Miss Universe, again, her father, who was hosted. So clearly she's going to get the job and right. she's going to get the job. So I feel like with Lori, yes, yeah, she's pretty, but it's mostly really nepotism, and you can't, you can't hate on her. She's using that last name, you know, for her own good. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I think had...
2: about it. Lori's height is only five foot three. Right. right. Supermodel is five foot three.
15: Exactly. You and know, all...
2: it is because of that. And, but see, I think we're also, people have issues with the whole Lori Harvey Steve Harvey nepotism thing is that Lori is a stepdaughter and you know exactly. he adopted you know the stepchildren you know when they were teenagers but Steve Harvey has four biological children, children including right. identical twins and people say that you know why doesn't he give his twins the same opportunity that he gives his stepdaughter like he even came out a while ago where he apologized to the twins cuz he abandoned them literally at birth to go chase his career And they ended up forgiving him, but it's like you don't see those opportunities being afforded to his twins. And some people say, is it because they're not as, you know, they're attractive women, but they're not Lori Harvey attractive. Is that why he's always pushing Lori? Because she's more palatable than his black twins? You know, so it goes very deep. And A lot of people need to also
15: understand that Marjorie Harvey is also a big socialite in the fashion industry. So obviously she's going to push her own daughter. Let's be real. You know, so if you Google Marjorie, she knows, she knows, um, do, um, the designers in Doce and Gabbana, Dean and something. So again, that's why I say that, of course, I'm not saying that she doesn't get things because she's pretty, but I think with her, it's mostly nepotism. She has the connections. She has the platform. So therefore she's just utilizing her resources and we can't hate on her for that. But no. yeah, so. Okay. Uh,
2: well, Kashmir, you came through and you broke down the psychology and I really appreciate that. I think you made a lot of good points. I had never heard of that previous uh, beauty effect. Um, what did you call it? beauty beast? The hello effect? No, no. The other one he called it. It was something about beauty and beast. Like I had Googled it, but um, no, he really like broke down a lot of stuff. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Nita Natural. Go ahead and unmute your microphone.
0: Oh, my God. Hey, Chi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Okay, so I have, um, I'm going to give my opinion about the pretty privilege, but it's mm-hmm. mostly about my family. So I'm originally from Haiti. So back in the days, my mom is actually light-skinned. Mm-hmm. So still till to this day, so she would tell me stories about how when she was younger, how people would always, you know, uh, tell her nice thing. Oh my God, you know, you look beautiful. Um, she even told me once she was almost failing a class, and the teacher told, told her that I'm only um giving you the grade because you're pretty. So my mom has an um, older sister. She's dark-skinned. So my grandmother was also light-skinned. So she had four kids, three light-skinned and one dark skin, which is my aunt. So, so, so my mom would always say about how much they treat her better than my sister. So one day, um, and my mom leave Haiti when I was like probably five or six, my dad been here since I was in her belly. So I actually know my dad, you know, when I came here living with them. So back in Haiti, I had I had my little sisters. My little my little sister I have two little sisters and one of them was born there. So she was like one or two. So my uh my mom, oldest brother, he's also light skinned. So you know what he would do, T he every day, mostly every day, he would buy my sister, my sister is light skinned. He would buy my sister Things like cookies and stuff like that. I would like. I was like four. He would make me sit there, and he would not buy me anything. So he when he was going place with my sister, you know, being a toddler walking, people would compliment him like how she's pretty because colorizing is a big thing also in Haiti, you know, like the light skin everything. So people would like compliment him like, "Oh my God, is that your daughter?" He would actually say yes because not only he's light skin, my sister is light skin. You see. So once, so when I came to America, I would get the same teasing about my skin, everything. I thought it would be better, but no, it started with my mom. So when I was in high school, no middle school, and she would always tell me stories about how sh- people would say she's pretty. And she would say, you know, feeling herself. And I went to her bathroom to get a comb to comb my hair. And then she was feeling herself, you know, looking in the mirror and stuff like that. And then, you know, I just looked and I didn't say nothing. I was not taking nothing. And she told me that, um, you, I can see you jealous of the way I look. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, I see you every time I'm talking about how pretty I am, how my skin is. You never say something. I know you better. I know you better because the way I look. And I was shook. And I couldn't see. I was very sure. And I was like, what? And then because she was insulting me, like, remember I told you I was getting bullied in school and family back in Haiti. So I thought that when I came here, it would be better because I remember crying when my uncle used to bully me. And I would say, when I came to America, they would treat me better, but I was wrong. So it started the way I look, you know, I'm fat and stuff like that. And she started insulting my intelligence, calling me stupid, And I remember when I first got in college, I remember that. And I think I was ironing a uniform for her. And she started insulting me, you know, like telling me I'm stupid and everything. This is your
2: sister that's doing all of this? No, no, my mom. Your mom.
0: Yes. So the last time I cried. So I was walking to the campus. I had like four people ask me if I'm okay because how much she was telling me stuff. And I was crying. And that day, and my dad came pick me up, he saw me like crying, he was like, what's wrong? But to tell all these years, my dad never say nothing. Once, mostly when my dad go to work, and if she asked me to do something, for example, she would ask me to cook with her. And till right now, I hate cooking because if I mess up the food, she would not teach me, like say like, oh my God, you didn't do it on show. You know, curse me or calling me stupid. So I would scare making food because I know if I mess it up, she will curse me, like tell me every bad thing, and I would start crying. So one day she cursed me a lot, and my dad was taking a shower, and I was crying, and I told my dad that sorry, I wanna cry.
2: And then, <laughs> aww, it sounds like you're you were raised in a real toxic environment. Exactly. So mother- sometimes, unfortunately, you have mothers who are jealous of their daughters
0: exactly but and my dad was like what's wrong and I told I told him and girl that like she was insulting me and all he said so what he's insulting you so what so he never see nothing so back when you know in the school and I was crying that was like before quarantine like 2019 and I told him like yeah like she's been insulting me all these years and he would he was literally um I don't know how to call that girl the the headed thing when you're driving the thing you hand um, the handle of the car he was literally laughing because I'm telling him
2: that you know
0: what he been telling me what she's been
2: telling so, me let me ask you this why do you where do you think that's coming from with your mom do you feel like she resents you because you're not light and look like your sister
0: I think yes one of them and because all these years that's how people you know telling her that being light-skinned and pretty is the norm you know Mm-hmm. so I would see when people would literally say did you adopt this girl and she would laugh she would not see nothing and the other thing she would tell me but once again I realized that she probably not colors because lack of you know education she was she told me something and I was shocked. she she looked at me one day but that was not about a couple of years ago she said you see I I should have married a light-skinned man now I wouldn't have like two dark ch- kids children but once again, she it was normal talking. She didn't think that. And and I told her, and I look at her. I said, No, you you can say that. And the um, when I was um couple, it, I think it was during the quarantine. And I went to the bank with her, and she parked her car. And then she was like, This lady at my job tell me is selling product to bleach skin. And she was like, I think I should buy you some, not to like bleed, just to make yourself a little bit, you know, lighter. And I that's when I tell her because back I don't know if if there's any caribbean uh people here like talking back to your mom not even being disrespectful just trying to tell them it's a disrespect and i told her no you can't do that you cannot that's not right to say and i was actually trying to tell her don't say that in front of people because they're gonna think that you're being colorist even though i know that's how you think it is Mm -hmm. you know don't say that and she actually gets so mad at me that i was so i couldn't say nothing so it was started as the way I look, the way I talk, everything, The my um, fat. And one day, that, that time was my dad. So one day it was my cousin. Yeah, we got to get on to
2: the next caller, sweetie. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, but, sure, um, sure. I would say, you know, sometimes you have to cut off a toxic parent and stay away from them for a while. Um, because what she's doing to you is, is not okay. You know, it's not right. And it sounds like she unfortunately has a lot of deep seated issues. Exactly. Um, even other people are in the are saying that they've gone through that with their parents saying things like, oh, instead of them marrying a light skinned woman, they should have got with a white woman. So that exactly. way their kids could have been mixed. So you have a lot of, you know, self-hatred, unfortunately that's ingrained with a lot of the older generation. But I would just advise you to just limit your interaction. I know that's your mom but if she's going to continue to be negative and toxic towards you, I would limit the interaction with her, period. You don't owe her anything. and You don't owe for her to destroy your self esteem or your self worth.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much for
2: letting me speak. This is my first time. <laughs> so thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for calling in, sis. All, All right.
3: right. In 15 seconds, 15 seconds, because we got to move on to the next. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Um, You know, I'm Haitian. I was born and raised in Haiti. I live in Canada now, but I'm Haitian. And in the Haitian household, just like in the Caribbean household in general or many other cultures, because I'm sure it's there also in Africa, for certain parents, it's more of... Um, them being coming at you saying, why don't you do this to your hair because your hair is ugly? Why don't you use that product so that your skin can be more light because your skin is too dark? Why don't you marry a white man because you're already dark? You're gonna have the opportunity to have a kid that is light skin. That's that's how their mentality is. That's why they grew up. They grew up thinking that being lighter is better. Having a certain type of hair is better. Looking like this is better. And they want better from their kids. So that's why they're saying it like that. Not to say it is right, to be honest. It is not right what they're saying. It's disgusting. But because of the fact that they grew up with that mentality of thinking, if you're more light, you're going to be more praised and have more opportunity. If you look like this, Mm -hmm. you're going to have more opportunity. Therefore, I'm pushing you to look like this. I'm pushing you to have your kids looking like this so that they can have more opportunity. It's not okay, but sometimes it is tough love. I'm not trying to excuse their parents from what they're doing. It's totally wrong, but sometimes it is tough love, and unfortunately, it's coming out the wrong way, and I just wanted to add that quickly. As from one who grew up in
2: a Haitian household as well. Okay. Well, thank you for adding that. I know that happens, too, in the Latino community, um something larasa i can never pronounce it but y'all Latinos in here y'all know what I'm talking about where they say you know date whiter you know what i'm saying always advance the race by going lighter you never go darker so that mentality is very much ingrained in a lot of you know communities even the indian community as well um majora, wait what is it majora larasa thank you Chanel <laughs> but yeah so it happens a lot and it's really sad and it's traumatizing Okay, I'm gonna try Tia Chanel one more time. Go, Go ahead, ahead and unmute your microphone. Can you hear me, T? Hello? Okay, we can hear you. She finally made it in. <laughs> finally, y'all. I made it. There's a
9: God <laughs> in heaven looking out for me. So, first of all, T, I just wanna say I love you. I respect you. You my big sis. You my auntie. You are everything. Aww, so to get into you. the topic. Um, Pretty privileged. Let's be real. There's privilege across the board and of all everything. There's male privilege, white privilege, Mm. baptism. It's just it's the world we live in. You know, people have privilege. I mean, if you really want to take it there, God has his chosen people. Is that privilege? I don't Mm. know. But I mean, it is what it is. So, as I said earlier, this goes back to the Bible. So in the book of Esther, You know, she was an orphan and she was chosen to be um, the king. Like she went through the process of getting chosen by the king. But in the Bible, it says that she was very beautiful. Now, of course, I'm not going to discredit God. He gave her favor, but her beauty helped Also with the book of Job, if anyone's familiar with that, um, basically Job was tried by the devil. He went through it. And at the end of the book, um, God restores him everything. He also restores him children because all his children got killed. And it specifically says Job had the prettiest daughters in all of the land. So if looks don't matter, then why were they the prettiest of the land? And again, this isn't me being disrespectful to God. I'm just like trying to give you guys. You know, it, it goes back even into biblical times. And also, there is this old Hollywood actress. Her name was Hedy Lamar or Hedy Lamar. She was Austrian. She basically helped develop the technology that's used for Wi-Fi, GPS and Bluetooth. But because she was so beautiful, she was not taken seriously by her peers. And I've always really respected you, T, because you are um, you come from an IT background. So I'm sure you know that world better than most of us do and how, you know, being beautiful can be a disadvantage because they don't take you seriously, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so my own personal experience, I grew up the ugly duckling. I was not the pretty one for it. I felt like I had a glow up in my late 20s. I'm 29 now. Um, I was skinny. I was, you know, had braces. I didn't dress nice. And I got picked on a lot. And so, um, when I got into my mid twenties, I was depressed and I gained a lot of weight. So I'm five, three and I was 180 pounds. So I lost weight. I got myself together, you know, and once I uh, lost weight and stuff, it just, it was a complete night and day difference, how people would treat me, you Mm -hmm. know, of course men were nicer, but what shocked me is just, the hate I received from women. You know, I always greet people with a smile. That's what I always say. I will always greet you with a smile. I was greet with people mugging me, looking me up and down, just like you can tell when people have animosity towards you just by their vibe. Like you always say energy don't lie. Right. So um, as far as we is concerned, oh yeah, that is 100% pretty privileged, but let's be real we kind of gave her that us the viewers if we weren't paying attention to her are so enamored with her and not everybody because i know she's not for everybody then she wouldn't have all this you know this platform to build a career off of but what i won't take away from miss diamante is she is a hustler she she's not strong mm-hmm. in music but she knows how to get a bag between the mcdonald's deals the makeup always making sure we see her face she knows how to extend that 15 15- that 15 minutes of fame. It kind of reminds me of the Kardashians because they're not talented either, but they've somehow stayed in the limelight because of their pretty privilege. And, um, as far as men, too, I feel like with men, it kind of backfires on them because I feel like when men who are pretty are attractive, they're not seen as real or gangsta or like you could even use Drake as an example. No matter how hard he tries to come off and sound, people always go back. Oh, you're soft. You're Canadian. No disrespect to the Canadians. I'm just saying what the people say, you know, they disrespect him because why he's light skinned, not because he's dark. It's because he's light skin and he's quote unquote pretty. But, um, Lori Harvey, I don't know. Um, of course I think she benefits from pretty privilege, but again, she's doing something with it because there's so many people like, um, someone said earlier, they have that power, they have that ability and they just sit around and they do nothing with it. So if, um, if you feel some type of way about someone benefiting from pretty privilege, I just like I said, there's privilege every of every um, which way in the society. And if you can benefit from it, I'm not going to hate on nobody to do that because I mean, I would who doesn't want to get free things or not have to wait in line or, you know whatever can make this life a little bit easier and you know, you're not going to have your looks forever. So if you can get in through your pretty privilege, I say go for it just as long as you like, you ain't stank about
2: it and you're not rude and disrespectful and don't look down on people, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. You made a lot of good points and I appreciate you calling in to you. No problem. And thank you for giving me a chance. Cause I don't know what was going on, <laughs> but good night, you guys. I hope you all have a blessed evening. Bye T. Bye. Thank you. So you guys, it's already 804, so we've been on here for almost two hours. It's been so many good points being made. I appreciate everybody who's called in. There's a lot of good points um, also being made in the chat as well. So let me go, ahead. I'm gonna take two more calls and we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. We had over like 1,100 people in here tonight. So thank you to everybody who came through as well. Um, let me go ahead and bring on
11: uh, Shireen.
2: Go ahead and let me your
11: Hello. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love you. I'm all the way from South Africa. Oh, wow. Um, nice to meet you. Inspiration. And you've taught me so much about the world and the United States. So, um, but yes, I'm so excited. I just wanted to say um, the topic of this space um, mm-hmm. is pretty privileged. So I don't, I feel like some people are attacking us for discussing pretty privileged or highlighting it like that's the topic and I also feel like people don't understand the fact that the way men and women are raised is completely different so I hear a lot of people saying you know well we're very catty as women and there's a lot of animosity which is true but we're also conditioned to be that way as much as we're conditioned to um put people on a pedestal for how they look women are also conditioned to be in competition with each other based on how we look men are taught to be competitive like in sports and career wise and you know getting girls and we're just taught to be competitive and getting the boys like Mm -hmm. the whole independent woman and you know getting your own bag that's a new thing it's a new culture we were taught, you know, to get a man to take care of us. And we're still kind of coming out of that. So a lot of that cattiness comes from that. And I just feel like at the same time, you know, while we're talking about how pretty women, you know, get a lot of backlash, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like, in my opinion, I feel sorry the most for kids, like young women, teenagers and stuff like that. I can't, like, empathize with a Saweetie or a Kim Kardashian more because they have you know, an immensely better life than any young black girl or white girl that's looking up to them. And as much as they may have negative comments, like T always says, there are a million more positive comments and they're able to cry in their Bentley because, you know, of their (laughs) looks true that's true yeah we can't we can't act like it's 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 just so bad that they get a few negative comments when they're living this great life and also when they push this facade they benefit from it they talk to us about skincare products that they're using jayla was talking about how she's using olive oil to maintain you know her her tight skin at the age of 50 and that's not true the kardashians swear up and down that they haven't had you know butt work done whatever the case may be so you know as much as we 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 want to just you know, put people on this level playing field, I do feel like those who benefit from privilege, especially in the greatest scheme of things like celebrities, they're not always honest. Um, They're not honest at all. If we're being honest, how many female celebrities talk about work that they've had done? And someone's going to come and say, well, we're not entitled to that information. We're not necessarily entitled to that information. But if you're selling a beauty product and you've got Botox, then you're being dishonest. If you're selling a waist trainer and you've you've got lipo, you're being dishonest. It's not the waist trainer. It's the lipo. Um, and you know you've got an audience of young girls. You know, they've also got daughters as well that, you know, like T had said the other day that the CEO of Facebook doesn't allow their kid to use Facebook. So it's like if you don't want your kid to, to look at that, why is it okay for our daughters? Why was it okay for us to view that during high school? So I honestly just feel like, you know what, we were raised um, to... Be competitive. It's not right. But let us acknowledge that we do put people on a pedestal and we shun those who are not beautiful. And let us also acknowledge that women and men do not benefit the same way. A man can be ugly, quote unquote, or conventionally unattractive and be successful. There are a myriad of successful rappers who are not attractive from Ghana, Mm -hmm. Lil Baby, Young Thug, Rick Ross. Listen, I could go down an entire list. Kodak Black, there are a list of them. But look at the female artists. Look how they have to look. You know, there couldn't be a female Kodak Black, you know, a huge dark skin, you know, um, woman who doesn't have keen futures. She could never exist. And those are the same men that drag Black women up and down 24-7. So I feel like the culture also of us being hard on other women, it's also because we are so used to our men putting us down. You know, we're conditioned to to, to fight for these men and be in competition for these men. And then these same men come and tell us, well, you're ugly because you're dark skinned. You're ugly because your nose is big. You're ugly because you're fat. Then how do you then expect us to have this kumbaya unity kind of vibe in the real world with other women? It's not the case because men do not live that way. A man can be as unattractive as ever. But if he's got a million dollars, if he's got a big company, if he's got this, a woman can still have a big company and a million dollars. She can, you know, Kim Kardashian couldn't be Kim Kardashian without her looks. She had Mm -hmm. to have had a looks. But a Jay-Z can be a Jay-Z. You know, and he doesn't have to be attractive. Everyone always says Jay-Z is ugly. You know what I'm saying? So let us not act like women, you know, our looks do not have a higher currency than men do. So I just Well, yeah, to- even
2: we can even go to the original Kylie Jenner. Yes. If we all remember how Kylie Jenner used to look, Kylie and Chloe were always considered the quote unquote ugly sisters. They just were not as attractive as the other sisters. And it wasn't until Kylie started going down the plastic surgery trap, not only getting her body done, but her face totally morphed into what she deemed beautiful, which is Kim Kardashian. She went from looking like Chloe to looking like Kim. And, and she once she on did show, that... She
11: always said huh? on the show that she wanted to look like Kim. She always said she wished she looked like Kim on the show. Right.
2: And so, you know, now that she's changed herself look at how many opportunities she was afforded. Nobody would have took her seriously. She was trying to come out with a makeup line looking how she looked five, 10 years ago. But now that her lips are done and she looks so much quote unquote better and she's done all this stuff, she was able to monetize that, start you know, makeup line and become, well, she claimed a billionaire. But even still, she made millions and millions of dollars off of that you know but it wasn't until the plastic surgery so again that's why i say that society's hypocritical because we'll tell young girls love yourself love the way god made you if you have big lips embrace it if you have thin lips embrace it but then we'll clown somebody for having big lips if it's on a particular person like let's say if it's a dark-skinned woman with big lips we'll clown her but then if it's a white woman with full lips It's sexy, it's attractive, it's new, it's chic. So that's where society is very, very hypocritical because if it wasn't about looks, Kylie should have been just as popular as she was 10 years ago as she is now.
11: Thank you, T. Thank you so much. Just In closing, I just wanna say with regards to Lori Harvey as well and Steve Harvey, I do think the way a lot of Black men have a fascination with light-skinned or racially ambiguous women. I believe that Steve pedestalizes, I don't know if that's a word, but he does put Laurie on a pedestal, you know. I actually mm-hmm. enjoy Steve, um, his show and stuff like that. I used to watch his his daytime show, and he the way he would speak of Laurie, you know, my daughter Laurie Harvey, my daughter Laurie, my daughter Laurie. There was always so much emphasis, and when he talked about his kids, he'd often only refer to Laurie Harvey. You know, yeah. the twenties list they came onto the show, but it was never the same kind of energy. Um, Steve Harvey, even now when he does interviews, he always talks about how protective he is of Laurie. He didn't like Laurie's former boyfriends when Michael P. Jordan came around. Oh, at least I like that guy. You know, and he he has that thing of I've got the pretty light-skinned daughter now. I feel like if Lori didn't, you know, come the way she was, uh, phenotypically, I don't think he he would be, you know, as gassed as he is. You can see that he himself. Because he never even mentioned, he never mentions at all that he's her stepfather. You know, he never puts any emphasis on that. Uh, he mm-hmm. always talks about her like he's he's her biological daughter. So a lot of people even believe that. So I do believe that even because he has this obsession, a lot of black men have this obsession with um, lighter skinned women. He has to now, he gets to have a vicarious you know, light-skinned daughter, you know, he gets to experience that because honestly speaking, the way he speaks about the the, the twins, it's just not the same kind of energy. He doesn't post about them as much, you know, Mm -hmm. so I I heard the guy talking about nepotism earlier, but those twins exist, you know, they're there. And they're in the the media.
2: I know people are saying, well, maybe the twins don't want to be famous. No, the twins are in the media. They have like a cookbook and they've done a lot of stuff, you know, on their own merit. If but you big personalities too. Yeah, and you would think that he would push them because they definitely are out there. The one is married to a former NBA player, but he never talks about the twins or pushes anything that they're doing like that. Like in the way that he does, Lori.
11: Yes, thank you. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to point to point that out, and uh, I wanted us to also be honest, guys. Pretty privilege can exist with other privileges, yes, but we're talking about pri- pretty pliv- pri- pretty privileges. Sorry, um and also we also just have just have to acknowledge the roots you know so i just don't think we should now dismiss the topic of um colorism or what people have had to suffer Or the fact that it exists, we can't just say, "Well, it's just nepotism and it's just such and such." Even our definition of what beauty is—it just comes from conditioning. Because we all use the word "ugly" tonight, but what does "ugly" mean to us? You know, because in the back of our minds, we all have this one view of what ugly is. No one had, no one is thinking of a lawyer as ugly. No one is thinking of a fat person as ugly. No one's thinking of a dark person as ugly. When we're talking about ugly, already our minds are going to the darkest of dark person, the widest of widest nose. But where does that come from? You know. Mm-hmm. we were all taught that so pretty privilege is definitely a thing i'm done thank you so okay
2: much. thank you shireen thanks for calling all the way from south africa thank you for staying up tonight
11: oh yeah it's 4 a.m t i was like oh my god oh my oh, god <laughs> <tea."> <laughs> thank you i love you bye
2: love you too oh my god y'all tea sippers be going hard honey she stayed up till 4 a.m just to come on here and speak just know I am humbled. I really appreciate it. Just all of the love tonight. Thank you. We're going to take one more call and we're out of here. Um, let me go ahead and bring on Erica Mims. Erica, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Um, I'm calling
16: from Houston. Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, but I love you. But I just okay. wanted to say that um, pretty privilege is real. However, like when I the way I was brought up, my mama was just like, Look, you ain't short of nothing. So it's nothing wrong with you. So I always had that mentality, like, you know, not that I thought I was too much or anything like that, but I just knew that, you know, it's nothing there's nothing wrong with me. And I I um teach that to my daughter as well. Like, you know, I just try to raise her to think that, you know, God made you in his image. So Don't worry about what society wants you to look like. And I know it's hard because we got social media and all of that. But Mm -hmm. Lori Harvey, sweetie, all of them, they're pretty, but they're no prettier than you. See, they're no prettier than me. They're no prettier than the other women that's on this call. I think that as a society, we're like really fixated on nonsense. Like it's not even that important how beautiful that they are. I feel like we should focus more on, you know, taking care of ourselves, self-care, you know, doing Mm -hmm. what we have to do for ourselves to make ourselves better as a people. And then you wouldn't have to worry about so much whether this person has pretty privilege or not. So I just feel like it's some nonsense. Who cares if Lori Harvey is cute? Who cares if sweetie is cute? And then another thing too, you know, if you have a little money, I feel like more than anything with the pretty privilege, I feel like it's a lot of classism. You know, if you have money, of course, it's going to look good. You know, you you strip all the money from Kim Kardashian and all the rest of them and they look regular. That's just they're going to be regular. So
2: I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Um, no, yeah. I mean, you, you made some good points. And I think, you know, to end the show, that is what we should focus on. So maybe you're not conventionally busy. Right. To whatever society thinks, maybe, you know, whatever, you're overweight or too short, then at that point, you got to find what you're good at. So maybe pretty privilege is not meant for you, but maybe guess what? You have smart privilege. Maybe you're a whiz on the computer. Maybe you're a whiz at writing, you know? So, so we, we've all been blessed by God with some type of privilege, right. but the only privilege that really gets talked about is looks. And again, like the young man said earlier, it goes back to our DNA and, and, you know, what's ingrained in us, you know, since even before the dawn of man. But I think it's all our jobs as people to look for things within us that make us stand out. Because at the end of the day, look fade. You know that's what I mean? You only have a run for maybe 20, 30 years if you're lucky. looks that's, fade. That's it's true. Men and women. I
16: just want to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients that come to me. And when I tell you they're gorgeous, independent, got it going on, making money, like, you know, I, I mean, several, all of them, for the most part, most of my clients tell they got it going on. And they all are like, you know, trying to make make themselves better, you know, and like, and as far as looks wise and stuff, you're getting surgery and whatnot. And I'm not against the surgery thing, do you? You know, if that's what's going to make you feel better. But a lot of women do this stuff, you know, to appease men. But I have to explain to my clients, I'm 5'11", 279 pounds, and I'm married, happy with my husband. It don't have nothing to do with what you look like. Because at the end of the day, if you have a dope personality and you, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, you know, of course, the physical But it's really not, I'm telling you, it's really not everything. And my husband, fine, I ain't even gonna lie, you know, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you, it's it's really not everything, like your personality really matters, how you take care of yourself really matters, how you present yourself, even if you don't feel 100%, how you walk in a room, your presence, like they don't feel me. Now, I might not you know look like Lori Harvey five three and hundred pounds, but if you're gonna fill all this two seventy nine you're gonna get it, but that's, I mean, that's right, you know what I'm but that's how you have to carry yourself because people gonna treat you you know how, how people like people treat you how you look, you know what I'm saying if you're looking crazy, mm-hmm. they're gonna treat you crazy if you're looking like, oh, I'm not gonna play with her, that's how they're gonna treat you,
2: so yeah all of it all Right. well you <laughs> definitely you definitely spoke some truth erica so i really appreciate you calling in tonight love your accent as well oh see i love you too girl <laughs> <laughs> thanks for calling in sisters good talking to you good talking to you too bye all right you guys so we've come to the end of the night this was a wonderful discussion right yeah, you really know the topic Yeah, this was a really good discussion. I think everybody left with some information and just things to digest. So at the end of the day, does pretty privilege exist? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Do some people use it to their benefit? Absolutely. But are there downsides to pretty privilege? Absolutely. You know, so nothing is ever 100%. You know, that's like, we can even go back, like I said, to the man who's super tall, who's six foot eight. If he don't make it to the NBA, then you're just this tall weirdo in the club. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you don't have the NBA bank account. You don't have the NBA fame. You know, so again, you just got to take things how it comes at you. So I think at the end of the day, everybody has to find their own talents and not so much focus on, okay, this person is prettier than me. And that's why they're where they're at. You never know. You never know that person's struggle and you never know the challenges that they're facing for being in that particular position. So I think we hit on a lot of really good things tonight. And once again, I just appreciate everybody coming out, being open and honest, you know, just speaking from the heart and also giving a lot of good advice as well.
3: If I can add one more thing quickly. Um, if there is someone here who's been quote unquote victim of pretty privilege, or well, you feel like you've been victim of pretty privilege, don't let that feel like whatever that person gained, the opportunity that she gained outshine you. Like it's not because that person was able to walk through that door that all of a sudden you're less beautiful, you're less smart, you're less talented or whatever it can be. It's just that it wasn't the door that God wanted you to walk through at that moment. There's going to be another door for you later on in life that is made for you and that you're going to be able to enjoy as well. Just like if you're someone who benefit from pretty privilege, don't be dumb as fuck to not benefit from it. Honestly, like if you're able to gain all of the things in life that you're gaining just because you are pretty – keep doing you. Like you'll be dumb as fuck to not be able to be in a room that people could ever dream of. Just don't rub it in somebody's face. Don't talk about it 24-7. Don't make people feel less of because you are able to get it. And also, like I was saying earlier about tough love, don't bring that tough love to your kids. Don't feel your don't, don't feel like your kids, hey, you are pretty able to get this and that and teach them in a way that they have to diminish others. And I think that is like the one thing that You have to keep in mind to keep going in
2: life, I think. Yep. And on that note, you guys, we are out. Once again, thank you to everybody who came through tonight. This was an awesome show. We had tons of listeners. So I will see you guys later. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.